This episode of a Top 3 Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Rat Hour with Rat Boy. It's your one-stop shop for discussions about this season's seasonal candle lineup, interviews with Dwayne Johnson's biceps, and detailed analysis of cryptocurrency trends. And just for you listeners, I'll give you a sneak peek of what's going on on this week's episode of the Rat Hour. Check this out. What is love? What is this longing in our hearts for togetherness? Is it not the sweetest flower? Does not this flower of love have the fragrant aroma of fine, fine diamonds? Does not the wind love the dirt? Is not love not unlike the unlikely not it is unlikened to? Huh, well, I'm not so sure what that's all about. I guess we'll have to tune in to the full episode of The Rat Hour with Rat Boy. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? You're listening to a Top 3 Podcast, where we honor the time-old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. Today's topic is our Top 3 Bad Movies That We Love. Before we start the show, if you want to support us, please, please, please tell your friends, subscribe, give us a rating and review, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at a Top 3 Podcast. You can find the links in the episode description. When we post our episodes, if you leave your own top three, we'll chat about it. Uh, We also put out a listener call for top threes before recording. So keep your eyes on our social pages on Thursdays, I think that is, in the U.S. And we may read and react to yours on the show. Again, check the episode description for links to our various pages. Joining me today, Dave Jackson, is Aaron Angle. What's up? Alan Nichols. We meant to say Alan, Alan died. Sorry, I was <laughs> sorry, I was on mute there. Hey guys, <laughs> fan favorite Bloodbath McGrath. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> I actually hated that one. Uh, hate all you want, Aaron. Bloodbath is Bloodbath is like a hundred for a hundred. He's he's untouchable. I understand. Yeah. And joining us today is a special guest, a good friend of ours, uh, co-host of the What Would Mom Do podcast, Sarah Bush. Sarah, how's it going? Hiya, Dave. How you doing? Doing good. I'm happy to be here. I've been very excited. I've been thinking about this list for a long time. So, Hell yeah, happy. it's great Thanks to have you on. Me. We've I'm excited excited. to hear Sarah's list. Sarah's like the movie person here. Right, so yeah. like I, I so I'm kind of like really excited because I'm gonna she's gonna be like, oh yeah, my number three is like toys. I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is not toys. <laughs> of course it's not toys, Sarah. <laughs> I'll know you jerk off to toys every fucking night. <laughs> uh, every first off, every other night, and I don't jerk off to them, I jerk off with them. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sarah, I hear uh, you've got something you want to open up the show with, so I'm going to open up the floor to you. 
No, I I do, Dave. Um, I have a bone to pick with somebody on this show, Aaron. <laughs> Ooh, Alan, shocker, shocker, dro- it's him. Alan in trouble now. <laughs> now, Aaron, I have to say, I've I've been frustrated with you since you said that bagel bites were superior to pizza rolls, and ever since that moment, I really have wanted to strangle you but I haven't been able to see you. And then this week I was listening to the episode that was released with our good friend, rat boy um, about the top three baseball players who you enjoy that never played for your team. And my list was, uh, uh, Oh my God. Cal Ripken jr. Number three, number two, Clayton Kershaw, number one, Jackie Robinson. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Clayton Kershaw moving on. Well, then somebody else says Clayton Kershaw. And then Aaron goes on one of his little (laughs) bitch fests about how I'm really surprised people are even saying Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he's not that good. (laughs) But I will say, because he's like, because he's a younger player. And then somebody else, and no judgment, because this is an opinion-based podcast, put Mike Trout on their favorite list of players who is younger. And I was like, and nobody crickets from Aaron's bitch <laughs> mouth. And I was like, wait, 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 what? And Aaron goes on this little rampage about Clayton Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, who's played in three uh, world series winning one, let alone the multiple playoffs. He's also been a part of. And part of my criteria was the fact that he is a very handsome person. Mike Trout, not a bad player. He hasn't done shit. He is he and Bryce Harper. It's like where where are you? You guys are sitting out doing nothing. I think Bryce Harper might have been in a playoff. And then then Aaron, you have the audacity to talk a little bit of shit on uh Mariano Rivera. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, is he really mm-hmm. the greatest closer mm-hmm. of all time? <laughs> yes, you motherfucker. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He is arguably, if not the greatest, at least one of the greatest closers of all time. And on top of that, he also happens to be a nice human being. Hey, guys, I'm I was, sorry. I, was I, I, I wasn't here. I was, trying to, I was trying to find my I was yelling. I, no, I'm not done yet. I, I was yelling I the anything? entire time I was listening I'm to that episode. And then I went upstairs and yelled to my husband about it. And he agreed with me. <laughs> so this is a very democratic counterpoint here uh clayton kershaw is on a team that has like a 500 billion dollar like fucking starting lineup and all he does is choke in the playoffs until last year and two i didn't say mario Rivera wasn't the best close mariana rivera was the best closer of all time i said closer is not an impressive enough position to me to dictate naming them one of my favorite oh, baseball players eat a bag of ball sacks that is such bullshit it is arguably one of the most important roles in a baseball game did you watch the reds choke the other night when they were <laughs> up three the ag gave it all the f away closers are so important and he's the last player in the league to wear the number 42 which also makes them and he's a class that's act pretty cool that has, that has the uh that he that can do that I was just like, okay, you're getting a little bit, a little salty here, sir. And I didn't agree. And I did not like the coming after Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, he has choked, but he still won a World Series and it's been a part of a team who, yes, does have a huge bankroll, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they don't turn out good players. 
sir. I, don't know, I disagree. The Dodgers were really bad until Magic Johnson bought them, and now they have billions of dollars to play with. So, yeah, it's, it's whatever, <laughs> man. They're just the Yankees of the NL. You're not going to make me feel bad for the Dodgers, man. I'm not making you feel bad about the Dodgers, but I do think it's hilarious when you're and somebody says Mike Trout. Like there, there's nothing said about Mike Trout, who's 27, and again, he's not so a bad good. player. <laughs> like, he hasn't awesome. done anything. No, it's because he, he plays for a team that has like a 30 million. It's because he plays for the fucking Angels, who have like a 30 million dollar payroll. Of course, he hasn't done anything. They Nobody don't. wants to go fucking play for the Angels. The Angels don't have a $30 million payroll. They pay Albert Pujols $30 million. Yeah, they're just Mike Trout's responsible for like $257 million of it. Hey, Sarah, I, I do like you know Mike Trout. I do like I Mike Trout. A... No judgment to Mike Trout. He's doing yeah. <laughs> he's doing pretty well in his life. But what you should know, Sarah, is I, I have nothing but very fond memories of you. I love you so much. I'm sorry I made you angry, but I'm fucking right. <laughs> Except uh, your mic cut out so no one could hear you. Go yeah, stuff no. a bagel bite every, down your mother's every... fucking throat. I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. No place is open, dude. I do love you, though. <laughs> I love you so much, Sarah. You have no idea how happy I am to talk to you. You have no absolutely yeah. no idea. One of my best friends of all time. Uh, and, like, me and Sarah, like, have gone at each other like this before. And then afterwards, we hug and we're best friends. Uh, and I have nothing but respect, admiration, and love for you. I'm so happy you're here. And then the Orioles lose, and then the Reds lose, and we're right back. To we're, where we're, we started. We're, we're all in the same place. You just haven't let that hatred really seethe into you like I have. Like you know, my 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 veins oh. run black, dude. This is the best yeah. night of my life. I just yeah. want to say, <laughs> I love you, Sarah. You have no people don't understand that she is the coolest chick in the world. I'm so happy yeah. you're here, dude. Aww. I- do you have to say I love this podcast? I listen to it every week, and it's it's provided yeah. a lot of discussion, uh, both road trips and uh, just alone by myself. And I make little lists, and I enjoy it. And uh, Thanks, I usually always agree with Bloodbath. Bloodbath is fan favorite. Fan favorite. He really. I'm always like he's Bloodbath Lisa Simpson. It. He's the voice of reason <laughs> in this fucking mess. It's crazy. Bloodbath is a motherfucking sage. Don't forget that is a motherfucking sage dave you're a great host aaron you always talk too much and alan it's always like wait is alan still on and then he comes in with the zinger and it makes me lol and i love it so much so i i just want to say one thing i i really appreciate that uh sarah um my i just want to give you some love uh your podcast is awesome uh what would mom do uh my my wife and i my wife and I really like it. Uh, we do what we uh, we've done this for like years, but we have a we call it a podcast date where we um, hop in the car, put on a podcast, like run through the drive through and just like sit in the parking lot and like listen to a podcast or a couple. Uh, and we've definitely done that with yours a couple times over the last year. Um, okay. uh, it's just really good. Yeah. It warms my uh, heart. Thank you. No it problem. It's, it's really it's really good. Uh, I'd like it a lot. Um, uh also, too, I didn't know you were such a baseball fan. Like Jesus, tell me how much you like uh, uh, John Gocknor and his two-year, his amazing <laughs> two-year career. That um, literally made me pee my pants so much. And then when you guys, <laughs> when Jackie Robinson was your number two, and uh, you guys were like, he is, I mean, arguably the most important athlete of all time, especially in baseball. And it's like, how are you going to top that? And you know what? You did. 
And I think yeah. even Jackie Thank Robinson you. would approve that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, I think so, too. <laughs> one guy better than Jackie Robinson, that dude who tripped acid in their movie. <laughs> yeah, so I think so, too. <laughs> Thank he you. Became, he, think... he became a drug and alcohol counselor after his career was over. All right, guys, let's get into our uh, our top three for today. Um, so if, if this is your first time listening to the show, the way it works is we have our topic. Everybody has chosen our top three in that topic. We'll all take turns. We'll, we'll all say our number three. Then everyone says their number two, number ones, and honorable mentions lightning round style at the end. Uh, so again, today's topic is the top three bad movies that we love and we defined bad movies as an average of critic and audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes, average below 50%. Uh, we all know Rotten Tomatoes is not perfect, but this, um, you know, we needed something to like agree on what counts to talk about here. This kind of uh, eliminates both movies where it's just critics smelling their own farts, and it also kind of eliminates fan cult classics too. Um, and trying to single out like movies that everyone hated. So this was really fun to research. Um, and I have a little list of movies here that were surprisingly not eligible. Like I'm doing air quotes here. They were too good to be mentioned on this podcast. So uh, Sharknado was not eligible. Average was too high. Wow. Uh, bad, bad Boys 2, too high. Bad Boys 2 is like the greatest action movie of all time. By far. <laughs> Snakes on a Plane, too good for this podcast. Uh, the movie <laughs> Black sucky. Sheep, too good. <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer, which is one of my favorite movies. but That's the one. Yeah. That's the most important one, dude. That was the one I was like, I know exactly which one I'm going to talk about. There's you no way. you surprised by that, though? I was like, I, I mean, like, dude, like I, I've never really met people outside of this small group of friends that we have who, who've even heard of that fucking movie. You know what I mean? I was surprised that it had like that big of a following. I mean, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And so is the TV show. But like to me, mm -hmm. I was like, there's no way anybody else like thinks that thinks that way about like the absurdity of this fucking movie. And they did. And that actually makes me really happy. And I'm glad we got to talk about it because it, it is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, Wet Hot American Summer is great. Um, I showed that to my wife, Hua, uh, who's Korean, and she had never seen it before. And after watching it, I think she lost a little bit of respect for me. So I don't think it's like consensus a good movie. It's it's not. That's the thing. Is that, but here's the thing: is like when it comes, it's intentionally made to be bad, and they do a really, really good job of that. And people who like appreciate like that, like absurdist style of humor, like really appreciate it because underneath, like the the campy shit they had going on, was actually like a brilliant little comedy. And yeah. I'm not even gonna go through the list. All of these people that were in that movie that just became unnaturally huge superstars. You know, Paul Rudd. You know what yeah. I mean? The cast is it's Bradley Cooper. Dark. Like come on, Amy yeah. Poehler. Like come on, My, there it's all Michael over Schulter. the map. Michael yeah. Schulter was brilliant. Uh, like, was it was teaching classes at NYU a couple of years ago. I don't know if he still is, but I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just to take a class where he's the professor, Michael Ian Black. Mean, Oh, yeah, seriously, <laughs> and, and all people. of them are so good. It, it actually like blows my mind that Michael Showalter, Michael Lee, and Black. Like, I don't remember the name of the guy who directed the movie, but he was the other David part Wayne. of Stella, David yeah, Wayne, Stella's and, the and, best. and Stella's great. And like they, 
it is it is mind-boggling to me that they just like didn't have enough appeal to become like top-tier comedy like movie makers because everything to me they've ever done is absolutely brilliant. Well, I think a lot of that too is because they are people that kind of stick to their guns and they're not going to do Correct. whatever the masses want to see. Absolutely um, right. Is why people, you know, I think that's the beauty of people like that is if you know who they are, you know exactly who they are and where they're from. It's not, oh, you're that guy from that thing, you know? Comedy is such a weird thing. It's it's, it's like people who listen to Comedy underground rap music. Weird. Yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? They're just people sure. out there that are doing just really, really cool things that just don't appeal to anybody outside of like seven people in Troy, Ohio. And, and, and right. it doesn't, you know, it <laughs> falls apart. Um, yeah. Wet Hot American Summer, fantastic movie. Too good for this list. Uh, just real fast, another couple that are too good to be mentioned on this here podcast. Uh, the movie Hot Rod is too good. Great <laughs> movie. Ineligible. I like uh, that movie. Yeah, yeah great Rod, movie. I like that movie. Uh, it's not I a good that. movie. Upstar Never Stop Never Stopping was too good to be on this list. And I was shocked because <laughs> we saw that in theater. It is hilarious movie no one was there i think there were five people in the theater and it's so great but yes i guess the masses agree they just didn't see it <laughs> when it came out I, I agree i agree we watched that on netflix oh, or whatever so funny. When it came out. yeah it, it's legit funny i think uh uh, uh andy samberg gets a little too much hate like i think he's i think he's funny i think he can carry a movie too Andy Samberg yeah. is definitely on Adam Sandler levels of he he is much better than people give him credit for people. It's yeah. like one of those easy things to just shit on and they don't want to actually admit that they're talented. We talked about him um, on the TV shows episode we did. I think it was episode two uh, when we talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and how Andy Samberg can carry a show. He's good. So great. Yeah. There's also a great movie he's in with Rashida Jones called Zoe. Oh, what's it called? Zoe and something Celeste forever. Celeste and Jesse forever. Thank you. Celeste, Celeste and Jesse forever. It yeah, is that's a great so movie. great. And that's why he got the lead in Brooklyn nine, nine because the guy that created that show saw him uh, in that movie. And he was like, Oh, you took a chance to be like, do something a little bit more serious. I think you could actually like, do the lead of this show too. Best. Best part of that movie is when he's watching the Beijing Olympics and starts crying. Like that. <laughs> like, I just lost my mind. <laughs> and I'll tell you this before we go on. I said it in that episode and I'll say it again. Like it is much harder for a serious actor to be funny than it is for a funny actor to be serious. Like, you know, comedy is one of those things that, oh that you God. don't learn. It's a natural God given thing. And Andy Samberg is, I don't think he's on that level of Adam Sandler, but like it definitely translates. Like you, you can see pieces of it in even Lonely Island where like you can tell like the dude is more than just like a, a, a gag show. You know, the, well, the guy's actually people, like kind of funny. Right. And when people um, aren't like a, a labeled a comedian, the, the level to make someone laugh is set, the bar is set very, very, very low. And it's like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that you were funny instead of, Hey clown, make me laugh. Like you better be funny because you're you know, Dave Chappelle or whoever. So, yeah. Um, the last one I want to mention movies that are too good for this podcast are every single fast and furious movie, except for the second <laughs> one. They're all above Dude. the cutoff. I think those movies are those awful, movies are but fun. 
The so first one was very watch. good. I, 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 like I know a lot of people like them. I think they're, I think they're terrible. Baby. I hate them so much. Tokyo I Drift. I agree. I agree, Dave. Like I cannot begin to get no, into those the movies. one I'm... with the rock. The one where the rock is in it. What is that? Fast Five or Serious Six or whatever. I, he's in. There's I a... think he's in all of them yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the, the first, the first one that the rock is in. He's like he's a cop and he's giving orders to somebody, and the guy comes in. He goes, "Anything else, boss?" And the rock turns around. And he goes, "Yeah, stay the fuck out of my way." Like, this is what I wanted an action movie. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I like I like all the individual actors in those movies. Like, I like Vin Diesel. I like Ludacris. I like The Rock. I just I think those movies are like, like less than the sum of their parts. Here. Um, anyway, let's move on. Um, and let's get started. Can I wait? Can I say? Can I say two things? Yeah. One, my my movie that was too good to be on this by point five is Major Pain. It's fifty point five, and I was like, damn. Well, I also <laughs> looked at Major Pain. That would have been my number one. Dude. Like, I, I saw that, and I did the average. I was like, I saw it. I was like, oh, that's really close. I got Damon Wayans forever. I love him that so much. Major Major Pain is a uh, shit. I'm not even gonna quote it. That I'll do it for twenty five minutes. I'll shut up. Oh, I will too. We can we can call each other later. Um, <laughs> separate podcast. Separate podcast. Uh, I and I also almost put Problem Child on my list because my grandmother had a VHS. That's copy a very of funny it. movie. <laughs> it's zero awesome, percent. I hate it, but I've watched it so many times. <laughs> and I got curious Same. when I was looking it up. Right, I got curious when I was looking it up. I was like, "What does that guy look like?" Because literally, like, if Lucifer was reincarnated as a child, it would be that kid. He's just like the ugliest, most terrifying looking child of evil. So I, I Googled it and I was like, yeah, I did. I went there. Okay. I'm saying it. I don't give a <laughs> it's shit. It's Toby Maguire. <laughs> like, oh shit. That's Toby Boom. Maguire. The pussy posse? Um, but I just want to say that it led me to a one-off blog post titled uh, when I was trying to look what look up what Junior looks like now, and the the blog post was tied titled Six Child Actors Who Turned Ugly." This is what your fifteen is, minutes cost. <laughs> this is what it costs. The list is Lark Voorhees, Charlie Corsmo, who was the kid from Hook. Um, Macaulay Culkin, Junior from Problem Child, Ron Howard, and Sean Astin. <laughs> oh, Sean Astin. Uh, I mean, Ron yeah, Howard's like ugly. 70 and, and years old. There's no way That's Lark what Voorhees I was like, is ugly. Sean Astin. You're talking about Lisa yeah. from Saved by the Bell, right? Nah, she was like the hottest. There's no way she's grossed out. Uh, well, she, I think she's had some issues as of recently <laughs> but she again a, she's a total dish and i love that ron howard and sean Aston are two of the six child actors who turned ugly <laughs> dude alan would have sex with both of them that makes no sense <laughs> it's so random sorry i just had to share that piece of info that probably put spam on my computer oh, so <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, we're going to go in the order. Uh, I'm going to go first, then Aaron, then Alan, then Bloodbath, and uh, Sarah as our special guest. You can go last. Um, so I'm going to get us started with yeah, my... Yeah, you can be our closer, just like Mariana Rivera. Fuck yeah. She is the Gladly. Mariana Rivera. Um, all right, I'm going to go first. And this is the movie that actually inspired the topic uh, when I suggested it to Sarah. 
uh, when talking about having her come on the podcast. And so this movie uh, has a 4% critic rating, 24% audience rating for a 14% average, and it is Movie 43. That's my number three. Have any of you guys seen Movie 43? (laughs) I I do not know anyone that's ever watched it. All right. I saw it it in the theaters. Okay. Oh, that's one where it's like Jamie and I went to the theaters and saw that. Yeah. All right. So let me talk about Movie 43. So this is like one of those movies that's like brought up in all of these like worst movies of all time list. And I think this movie is legit funny. Like it made me laugh my ass off when I watched it. So here's how it works. Uh, it's a series of sketches um, and they have super famous actors and actresses in it. Uh, some of them like signed up for Emma this. Stone, right? Yeah. So it's got Emma Stone. It's got uh, the first sketch in the movie. All right. It's Kate Winslet and she goes on a date with Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman is like the city's most eligible bachelor. And he's, he's coming in, he's dressed all nice, nice. He's got this great looking scarf on. They talk, they're having a great time. She's like, mm-hmm wow, this guy's like, this guy's, this guy's it. And he takes his scarf off and he's just got some balls hanging from his neck, like testicles hanging from his neck. And that's the sketch. Um, I believe in, I believe in men in bald too. Will Smith refers to to him as a bald chin. Yeah, bald chinian. So uh, that's the first sketch. Hugh Jackman uh, as a bald chinian. Um, Some other uh, sketches that I really like. uh, There's a sketch where, uh, Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt are in a relationship and uh, Anna Ferris is like much like real life. She has, <laughs> she has like this great, she has this big request. She wants to ask Chris Pratt and they have this nice romantic moment. And she's like, Hey, I have something I want to ask you. And he's like, Oh yeah. What is it? Like, Oh, maybe it's like, she going to ask me to marry her or something. And Anna Ferris just asks like, will you poop on me? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say shout out to Anna Ferris. Like she's like actually a really good actor, and I love her a whole bunch. Right. Oh, so, one more, sketch. Oh, one no. more, one more, one more. No, take take a take a side side car. No, absolutely not. She's terrible. One more sketch, okay? okay? Uh, it's about this. Uh, <laughs> You're wrong. This is my favorite sketch from the movie. It's about this kid who's homeschooled, and uh, his parents want to provide like a real school environment for him. So not only do they teach him, but they also bully him and like haze him and shit like that. And it's just so funny. This is, uh, yeah, this movie just makes me laugh. Like, has anyone seen this? Yes, I, I literally have. have. I've never met anybody who has seen oh, that I movie, movie, but I know that I've cover. never met anybody else who's heard of it. I think it came out like I'm like 90% sure like a bunch of the people that were in that movie ended up suing because they didn't yeah. know what they were getting they into. Signed it was their like contract. the director tricked them into being this and yeah, this Yeah, they signed their contract and, and didn't like didn't read the script or like there was no script at the time. There was just like the guy who made the movie was just like calling in favors from like people he knew in Hollywood. That's hilarious. It's Peter, it's so Peter Fra- Farley. Oh. It's the Farley oh. Brothers movie. I weird. Jamie and I, Jamie and I went to the theater and saw this movie. We love it. We've watched it several times since then. We listened to a podcast about it recently. Like no joke. <laughs> uh, I yeah, dude. This movie, this movie is awesome. I don't know why people hate it so much. Yeah, it's I don't stupid, either. but it's, it's funny. So funny. Um, the skit where Batman and Batman and Robin are speed dating is like legit funny. It's, it's got um, Justin Long, right? It's got uh, yeah, Justin Long and uh, who plays Batman? It's uh, it's um, it's the guy from Saturday Night Live. Uh, 
Oh, dude, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's um. Tim Meadows. <laughs> no, it's uh. <laughs> Chris. Oh, he's married. He's married to Olivia Wilde. Um. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason. Yes, Sudeikis, yeah. he plays Batman, and it's funny. Uh, Kristen. Uh, Oh gosh! No. Uh, Kristen no, Sudeikis. Yeah, Chris, Kristen. Kristen Bell plays Wonder Woman. It's like it's so funny. It's so hilarious. It's like dirt. It's so dirty. Uh, do that. Mu- I love that movie. Um, Dave, when there's two, there's two different versions of the movie. What's the wraparound? Is it like a guy pitching? Is it? Um, yeah. Is it? Uh, is it Dennis Quaid? Yeah, it's Dennis, it's Dennis Quaid. Quaid pitching a movie. Yeah. yeah. That's that part is funny too, man. Like, there's another version on uh, Hulu where it's a bunch of kids looking at YouTube videos. Like, that's what the skits are. But in the theatrical version we saw, it was uh, Dennis Quaid, um, like pitching a movie to executives and like every time it pitching it to um, Greg Kinnear. And every time like they cut back, he's like, "What the fuck is wrong yeah, with you?" Yeah, yeah, that's the one I saw. Yeah, and you're right. Like uh, they got sued by everybody. They got sued by everybody. It's 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 real good. I like. I legit recommend watching it. I think it's genuinely funny. Um, let's move. I need to say one more thing. All right, just really quickly. Like I, I do hate that movie, and I think the reason I hate it is because I feel like it to a degree. And why the reason everybody sued is because it's bad. But I really think it plays to like the lowest common denominator in terms of like what is funny. Like I feel like they just took like a bunch of like easy ways out and I, I just thought it came together like sometimes that mad works TV. Though. yeah sometimes i mean you're not wrong. part of mad, T- mad tv is great before we move on i'll I just say part of like oh part of the oh appeal boy. is seeing like seeing hugh jackman doing ridiculous shit <laughs> on screen with balls with hanging balls from his, his chin neck. yeah sure sure that 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 guy that that guy he called in the favors but yeah he, he did all right uh, know, he did it aaron what's your number three all right. Hold on, I gotta look. Okay. With a 14 critic score and a 34 audience score, my number three favorite bad movie of all time is Martin Lawrence's Black Knight. No fucking way. So. <laughs> so. Uh, Holy shit. So, um. First off, I will say that, you know, friend of the show, Luke Null, he used to, like, I would always suggest when we were looking for a movie, I'd be like, we should watch Black Knight. And he would just shit on me before before we even put it, because what is he going to do? I could beat him up. You know what I mean? But I have seen Black Knight probably 25 times. So here's here's, here's the basic description of it, is it's a very funny black guy in medieval times. And to me, that hits on every single level. Bro, and the, there's that part where like they're like, "Are aren't you not a master musician? Please play us something from your homeland." And uh, they and he like like improvised dance to the music on like fifes and lutes and <laughs> yeah. shit like that. And it was very funny. Uh, what I I don't want to just talk a lot about Black Knight. I fucking love that movie, and I think Martin Lawrence is very funny. And there were a couple Martin Lawrence movies that I could have gone with on this list. Uh, with a lot of Martin Lawrence movies. <laughs> there, there was a lot of this shit going on uh, back in the day-day, but I, I I, love that movie. It's like, hey, like it, it's like if I was a movie studio executive, like, and they were like, hey, you need ideas for movies. I'd be like, Cartman on South Park. I'd be like, uh, it's like Martin Lawrence, but like <laughs> he like falls into a <laughs> pond and touches a magic amulet and gets transported back to medieval times. 
Like, you know, I, I, I don't really have a lot to say. The movie just makes me fucking laugh. Uh, I, I isn't love there a movie. scene where they tell him how to use the bathroom in the they, castle? Yeah. Yeah, and he loses his mind. And also, here's what's fucked up: is they keep calling him a morph. Yeah, throughout the yeah. Movie, and I'm like, that's <laughs> fucked up, dude. I'm like, God <laughs> dig. I don't know what that means. Is that a slur? It, it, uh, like a Moorish person, he has dark skin. Yeah, that's like kind of they're Morocco. basically calling him like an N word. It's fucked okay. up, dude. Like for real, um, like it's really messed up. But you know, he got ten million dollars. Aaron, so he doesn't care. I remember watching. Black Knight a ton, like in junior high and high school. I'm pretty sure we watched yes. it together like at least five or six times. We, at least five times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least. Yeah. This, so like my Martin Lawrence theory is that all of his movies are like Martin Lawrence isn't acting. They're just like, hey, you're Martin Lawrence the comedian. You're <laughs> yes. in medieval Europe now. How would Martin Lawrence react? And that's what his movies Dave, that's are. not even a theory. That's how that's comedies what I want to see. <laughs> like, that's what they are. Yeah. Like, they're and just like, hey, that great. guy's pretty funny. Let's put him in the future with robots. Yeah. And he's like, oh, nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, I love that movie so much. Like, I love that movie so much. It was dude. on my it was on my it. list for sure. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Um, Alan, what's your number three? Oh. My number three is a view to a kill. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a 1985 James Bond movie starring Roger Moore. Um, it was his last James Bond movie. He was about uh, like 130 or something. Uh, it's it's great. <laughs> it has Tanya Roberts of that 70s show fame, Midge. Um, it also has Chris Walken as the bad guy who is the product of a Nazi genetic experiment. <laughs> and now he works now he works for the Russians for some reason. And he is trying to sink Silicon Valley by uh, planting bombs in uh, <laughs> in the San Andreas Fault. As you do. Uh, as you do. And, and yeah, yeah, and so he's gonna corner corner the uh, the microchip market by doing that. It's a it, <laughs> it's great. Um, like I said, it's it's really I, you know James Bond movies. I I love them, especially from the Roger Moore era because and we talked about it a couple weeks ago when when Luke was on a little bit, but the campiness of those films just uh it's 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 spectacular. Uh, I think isn't so that a kill. Isn't that who Mike Myers like based his Austin Powers off of? Was the Roger Moore James Bond, or am I making that up? Am I pulling that out of my butt? It seems it seems like mostly outside of like the chest hair, right? The the hairiness that was that was the Sean Connery thing. <laughs> yeah, true. You know? but like the <laughs> the look, the frilliness of the blouse and well, everything. Maybe, school, but like Mike, 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 Mike Myers says that uh, he based most of like Austin Powers on like obscure spy movies starring like Michael Caine. Like, like they're not franchise movies; they're just like these weird like one-offs that Michael Caine did in the sixties. That, oh, but I mean, I would, I would, I would definitely say that I would personally. I feel like it's definitely a take on Roger Moore um, era James Bond. Yeah. I mean. Like we said it the other week, dude. Like, I mean, it's the it's Scooby Doo. Like, that's what Roger Moore James Bond is, and that's great. I love it. And the Living Daylights is my favorite James Bond movie, and it's dumb. It's a dumb movie. 
Timothy Dalton. No, oh, the, sorry, no, that who, was the, no, that that's correct. I'm sorry, I'm thinking the wrong. I'm I've, I'm like five beers in. It's uh, <laughs> uh live and live and live and let die. Oh live and God. let die is my favorite. I, I love live and let die. It's a great, awesome movie. I and it's awesome song. Best Bond song. Yeah, best Bond song. Obviously. God, I watched. We watched. Diamonds are forever. So many times oh, when I was fun. a kid. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! My dad loves James Bond, but that is the one that's forever ingrained in my brain. Moonraker. That's another like James silly Bond was Eighty years old. <laughs> uh, Moonraker was the silliest James Bond movie. I mean, uh, how? And and I think we talked about this one la- a couple weeks ago too. How do you how do you survive like coming in through or like in through the Earth's atmosphere <laughs> under a satellite? You know, yeah, like he did, he did it in uh The Martian. Guy uh, yeah, well. Damon came straight through the atmosphere because he's a botanist. He reminded that uh, to us many many times. <laughs> His ass should have fucking burned up when he came onto Earth. Then go deep into the core of the earth and never pop out again because Matt Damon sucks. Oh, Ooh. okay. Um, tell us how you feel. Do you like Sarah. that movie? Though? Oh, I think that movie is really fun. <laughs> that movie is good. Um, let's move it on uh, to Bloodbath and your number three. All right, so. When I put this list, first of all, my list is not necessarily complete. It's got like 10 items on it because I'm basing it off of what you guys are going to throw at me. Um, uh, I didn't want to like, when we were talking about this over uh, over the last like two weeks, everybody has a lot of comedy, so I didn't want to just like fill a list up with comedies. Um, so I, I'm kind of trying to wing it a little bit. I have, you know, like I said, I have a few different picks to throw in. Uh, I mean, basically, I mean, like, Alan, do you want another spy movie? Like, you can tell me now. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you I, go with I, your I gut. Sp- Alright, uh, <clears throat> fuck it. Um, I'm gonna go with my gut. Uh, my number three is a movie I'm sure none of you have heard of. Uh, it's called If Looks Could Kill. Uh, You're right. where everybody says I've never heard of that movie. You're right. Okay. I've Not never heard of it. Is, it is a great movie, dude. Nope. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. So, I've never heard of Sarah, it. Sarah, go ahead. Were you about to say something? <laughs> I was gonna say i've heard of this movie all right it is, a ni- it is a it is a 1991 uh pseudo spy f- thriller starring richard grieco of <laughs> 21 jump street fame oh yes trust me this is this is good he this is so good i watched i watched this um this is a i made this pick because i watched this all the time when i was little my parents recorded it on a vhs tape um this is legit a true hidden gem if you've never seen it please everybody go check this out if looks could kill the plot is uh and i cannot remember his name uh michael corbin richard grigo plays michael corbin he is uh, at his high school graduation and when he walks across stage and gets his diploma, he finds out that he has failed. He is not able to graduate because he did not. He did not. He did not pass. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me finish. He did not pass his high school French class. So the only way he's able to to graduate is if he accompanies the French club on their trip to France. So while on the plane, let me get through this. Seriously, on the plane. 
while while at the airport, uh, a, an older gentleman shows up who is also named Michael Corbin. He is an undercover British spy, and it's a case of mistaken identity. When when Richard Grieco gets to France, he is picked up by this uh, secret British uh, spy agency, and they mistake him for this other agent. And it's you know uh, he goes through Europe has a basically it's a James Bond ripoff, uh, sort of in the vein of Austin Powers, but it's not really played. Uh, it's sort of played serious, but it is definitely a comedy. It's an action comedy. Um, it is very funny. Um, it's it, it's very not it's very early nineties. Um, it's also sort of a teenage sex comedy, but like he's also a spy. Um, the action and the pl- the plot is that there's a, a a millionaire who's trying to steal all the gold. It's kind of a Goldfinger ripoff. Um, the action sequences are like legit, like pretty good. Um, the scene where basically he meets like their version of Q or whatever, and he f- gets his gadgets and stuff like that. It's really cool. There's a really neat chase scene that follows directly after. Um, it's funny. It's stupid. Um, it, like I said, it's it does that thing that a lot of um, a lot of like sort of like lesser known action comedies do, where it's like the the action sequences in it are actually you know pretty legit and like really good. Um, so like, and there's a little bit of tension there. So like, it's not like you know you're watching like Pineapple Express and like it's just it's so like un, you know it's so stupid and silly that Seth Rogen is holding a machine gun that you don't believe it. Like in this movie, it's kind of like, well, I don't know, dude, like Richard Wait. Rico is kind of like ripped and like, also, also, Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The, the movie poster is Richard Greco uh, laying on the hood of a car with his hands oh, up yes. behind his, yep. behind his back with a gun laying across his lap, mm-hmm. wearing probably yes. LA gear, high tops. There's fire in the back. <laughs> And then the, the high tagli- tops play a role. <laughs> they, they are crucial. The tagline is he's having the adventure of someone else's life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> side side note. Side note. Um, he he travels to Europe with the French club. Um, they end up getting on a bus and you know doing the like French tour. So like the entire time he's having his like secret agent mission. Like you keep there's the total B plot where like. They're following the kids on the bus, and like it's so funny. Like I'm not kidding. It like laugh out loud funny. They're just having like a normal like you know school trip, and like he's doing all this crazy stuff. It's really good. The opening scene shows um, the agent that he's basically replacing, who's going after the villain of the movie, and for no reason at all, in like a full like hardcore action scene, it's Roger Daltrey from The Who playing he has <laughs> three lines in it he shows up yes i'm telling you dude it is it is nuts it is a bizarre cocaine filled movie like you, everybody please check this out <laughs> all right i love it <laughs> uh you're welcome oh, there we go yeah i've never heard of that um but that like that plot description just sounds like such a like 80s 90s movie plot it's fantastic. What's what's really crazy is it's not as horribly dated as like it sounds. Like clearly it's 1991, but like it's it. Yeah, you'll you'll be surprised. All right, uh, Sarah, let's get your number three. Okay, uh, my number three was actually inspired by me going off about Mike Trout 
<laughs> and um, okay. the, the critic score is 33%. The audience score is 49%. I am shocked. Coming in at 41% on the average is Angels in the Outfield. Ooh, and I yep. have to say... Yep. Folks, this is one that I watched over and over again. Now, we grew up in a time where there were a lot of baseball child children movies coming out. Little Big League, uh, uh, Rookie of the Year, The Sandlot, all of that. This is another one that my brother and I watched all the time. And, I, and so when I found out, I had my list was completely different. And this wasn't on it. So I added this um, this morning. This movie this morning. And I was like, okay, got I gotta watch it just to make sure that like it still hits hits me in the heart. And oh, please uh, tell me it's awesome. Please tell me it's still really, really good. Well, first of all, it is not on Disney Plus. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to Amazon Prime. Not even it doesn't even exist. You can't even bring it up. And I started to I started to sweat and panic because we don't live in those times anymore. Movies aren't that hard to find. So somebody illegally uploaded it to YouTube. I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> The dubbing was off. The middle of the movie was cut out. Guys, I cried five times at my desk this morning. I was like, it is so effing dark. Uh, Joseph Gordon. Let me let me just go through the list Joseph of people Gordon in the movie. Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon. Tony, Tony Danza. Da, uh, Danny Glover. Matthew McConaughey. The list goes on. Christopher and on. Lloyd. Matthew McConaughey is in this movie. Matthew McConaughey is in this movie. The pigeon lady from Home Alone 2 <laughs> is the foster mom. Oh, Holy superstar. shit. John, she is, isn't she? Yes, Dermot Mulroney is the shitty dad that lets Joseph Gordon-Levitt go to the state of California. Just- he just I mean, wants the angels to win the pennant. So just wants bad. the angels to win the pennant. And then when they do, uh, or they're on the track to do that, he just fucking bails because this, he's a broken human being. <laughs> sorry, this, kid. This it was a, met- only it, way. It was a metaphor. Yeah, it's, it then was he, a metaphor. And then he also I really says, it, and then he also says, maybe if your mom wouldn't have died, it would have been different. And I thought, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would have I, I cried too. I would have cried immediately, bro. <laughs> But That's it's terrible. funny because like because if if you, I'm sure everyone has seen this movie but if you've never seen this movie this kid his he all he wants Joseph Gordon-Levitt he wants a family so he pray he says hey if there is a god can you please help the um angels win the pennant so that I can have a family and lo and behold god is real Christopher Lloyd is like the wrangler of the angels and he comes and helps <laughs> this ragtag team of nutbag bag <laughs> their shit together and they end up winning and the the announcer is so hell-bent on like the announcer of the angels is so hell-bent on shitting on this team which is weird because it's like don't you want them to do well because then that means more work for you because you're covering that but whatever great character arc <laughs> great great character arc, especially when he, his ass gets fired at the end but that's um, right they like they kind of turn it into you're crazy because you believe that angels are out there helping people. And there is this very beautiful moment in the middle of the movie because they make Danny Glover almost uh, quit because they're like, well, you're crazy, which baseball arguably is the most superstitious sport of it. Like sports are superstitious in general, but I feel like baseball, especially like if someone's on a no, no, you don't look at that person. You don't acknowledge it. If, if you are watching TV and you even mention that someone's on a no, no, you want to keep kill that person because you're like get the fuck out of my house don't look at me anymore shut up you just ruined this like baseball is just superstitious but 
the 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 lady, the pigeon lady from Home Alone Two, gives this beautiful <laughs> speech about how hope is very important, and and. Again, arguably, I think baseball is like the most romanticized sport in American history, whatever. But it stands for so much. It gives people this sense. It's like America's favorite pastime. It gives people this sense of like of ease. Like I was reading an article about like the first baseball game that was played after 9-11 and how it was like this. Everybody came together collectively and they didn't even give a shit who was playing. It was just like a sense of, oh, yeah, it's this is the normalcy that we need. It brings revenue to cities. It like revitalizes cities. And like baseball is so crushing and heartbreaking because you have to like it's one of the longest sports you sit there you watch every effing game and if your team's winning it's beautiful and if they're losing it sucks but when they're winning there is this sense of like like the world is your oyster i don't know but it's a beautiful movie i cried i feel like i feel revitalized after watching it on my illegal (laughs) youtube link this morning so you're one hundred percent right about like all that the movie's great. All the things that make baseball beautiful, right there. Yeah, it really is. I haven't watched that movie since I was a little kid. So thank you for uh, the recap there. I'll send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am ready. In the stadium is just flapping wings, and you're like, <laughs> I, Aaron, like, hey, no, like, Hell, no joke. Here. Well, and like, well, I also one other part, too, is that Tony Danza, who is so effing great in this movie, He's you so find out at the end. Well, I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily believe in God, but I'm like, damn, if Christopher Lloyd is a part of like God's clan, then I'm totally I mean, I'm down for all I, I, I'm I mean, in. I feel safe. It makes me feel taken care of. Week. Yeah, <laughs> but there is like such a sad part where he's like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna die next year," and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then he goes, "Yeah, smoking. You can't smoke if you smoke. You are gonna die, children." So there's like subliminal messages. In yeah, it. You but hear when that they kid, all start, how you just hear that bunch, kid don't smoke. Just a bunch of fucking Christian propaganda. I hate that movie now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, a lot of great. religious undertones, but in a beautiful, sweet way. Um, but yeah, when they start flapping their wings and then Tony Danza thinks that an angel's there and it really, it, there isn't an angel there, but they give him the hope to get that, that last <laughs> strikeout. Do it. Oh, oh. That's, that's top tier sports movie moment. Yeah. That's a great, I, I, I like how you really like went in depth on that. Cause there are a lot, there are a couple moments in that movie where like when you're a little kid, you're just like, Hell yeah, Tony Danza. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And but but baseball is like that, man. When you were like Kenny and I, the first baseball game we ever went to uh together was the Reds in 2012, and it was Clinchmas when they clinched. And I tell you, like when they were one strikeout away from winning, like you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. And when they won, it was like it was fucking, it really was clinchmas. It was Christmas Day. Everyone was happy. There was a child. He was probably eight or nine. And they put him on the giant screen. And it was just like, he finally let all of his emotion come out. And he was just bawling his eyes out. His face <laughs> was red. And his dad was like laughing. Like, look, you're up on the screen. His dad was laughing so hard. But it's just like, 
you carry so much in that moment. And I feel like you don't get, yeah, you can get that with other sports, but like baseball, there's just something so special about it. And that movie in particular captures that so well. And I would say Moneyball too, but that's like critically acclaimed. So, and this movie apparently is not. So fuck the haters. Sorry. Hell yeah. Sarah, I think it's funny. You're like, there's like religious undertones. I'm like, well, it's called Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I saw, I've seen that movie once. I was like eight or nine. I was at her, I was at my baby's house. There's a, like, you know, 25 kids there or something like that. And like, I remembered, like, I cried at that, in the middle of that movie. Uh, and I just remember everyone making fun of me so bad for doing that. And I was like, but it's sad. Well, I would have cried with you, buddy. Oh, uh, thank you. I think it was when I would have uh, beat were, you up. It was when they were getting a ride home from Danny Glover, and like the little the younger kid starts crying <laughs> at like the idea of like getting in the back seat of the car because oh, yeah. his mom. Oh my yes. god, dude! I forgot about that. In the front that is seat and so all so curled crumping. up. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, this oh is one god, where dude. if you have children and you watch it now, it really does like rip your heart out into a million pieces. Well, let's move on to another movie that will rip your heart out into a million pieces. <laughs> Black Knight! My number two, uh, which has an 11% critic rating, 42% audience, 26.5% uh, average. Uh, it is the Tim Meadows classic, The Ladies' Man. Yeah, love it. My number two. Um, I really absolutely love it. I didn't think about that. I really That's don't have. Uh, I don't have a lot of like deep things to say about the ladies' man. Um, I think everything Tim Meadows does is funny. Like any any appearance he has ever made on anything is funny to me. So I get a whole movie of Tim Meadows doing this ridiculous ass character is just. It's like it's David Nip basically. It's like it's exactly what I want. Um, so yeah, the ladies, man, I mean, you've got Will Ferrell in there <laughs> doing and he's Roman awesome. wrestling. He's yeah. so, yeah, dude. And he's, he's just as good in that movie as he, in it, as he is in his other famous movies. Just nobody saw the ladies, yeah. man. So they couldn't see how good Will Ferrell Will was. Will Ferrell in that was movie. funny in that, but just like, oh, dude, all of these quotes from Tim Meadows in the ladies, man, are just the Leon Phelps, like spectacular like never mind like he's got a couple like genuinely hilarious monologues in the movie but just like most of his lines are really really funny and tim meadows is like comic delivery is just is perfect it's i love that movie so much he's also very... like he's underrated as far as like snl like personalities go like all time probably number one dude like thank you I don't know about all that, but what I will say is like I, the I, longest I, he's he next to Keenan is uh, I think correct. the longest running cast member. I don't think uh, I don't think he's underrated. It's I think I think it's Daryl Hammond, but it, it doesn't matter. I what I will say is I think it's like really surprising that Keenan Tim Meadows doesn't get more work. He is now. I, I I think it's surprising that Tim Meadows doesn't get more work because I'm telling you if I if I owned a movie studio like right like if I like had that like i would want to put him in something like you know I, I i just really think he's good and the ladies man is like the perfect encapsulation of like or i did not say that right but it's the perfect example of what we're doing here like that movie is legitimately terrible yeah it's but a pretty Tim bad Meadows movie make it, yeah but he makes it so funny dude He he's very very good at it he, shout out to billy d that movie took like 
that movie took what what are the sketches the ladies man sketches on snl they're like what four minutes long if that right and, and it's like yeah, there's it's so like an good, hour and dude. a half of that which seems like it would be overkill which like a lot of some of those snl movies are overkill but the ladies man is like it's a pretty easy watch it's funny it's i mean there's i mean it's not like it's not good like you said it's, i'm not going to argue that it's a good movie but i love it Meadows is awesome. He's a subtle, he's a subtle, subtle leading man. And sometimes that is fun to watch, you know, in comedy. Yeah. I agree with with everything you're saying, Dave, but like, I just like that movie just puts me to sleep, dude. I don't find <laughs> it funny. I don't find it entertaining. Like it is like total, like that's that character is such overkill for me. Like, I just, I don't find like, there's a reason those skits were like four minutes long. I just like it does not go anywhere for me. But I hey, don't disagree. Hey there, either. bloodbath. Can I buy you a fish <laughs> raise, sandwich? <laughs> raise your hand if you're not surprised bloodbath was the one that had a problem with this movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am Julie's <laughs> nah, Tim That's, is great. that's the funniest the, part of the movie. And the ladies' man is one of my favorite like SNL like created characters too. I thought those skits were very funny yeah uh yeah funny movie um aaron what's your number two all right my number two coming in with a 17 critic rating and a 28 audience rating is the classic western wild wild west (laughs) so wow uh uh, starring will smith and uh chris klein uh both of whom were brilliant kevin klein Kevin Klein, I don't care. What was he an in and out? That's the I, I don't care. So the best part of that entire fucking movie is Will Smith. I am the biggest Will Smith fan, and I thought for sure if I just look at a list of Will Smith movies, I'm gonna find one on there that it, it is gonna fit this criteria. And surprisingly, most of them like did not at all. Um, so Will Smith is absolutely brilliant in that movie. You don't know the concept. It's a uh, it's two cowboys in the old west, and they're trying to like stop this mad scientist from taking over the world. The <laughs> there are two things before I stop talking about this movie that I really need to mention. One, uh, very obviously, is that <laughs> got his <laughs> from this movie specifically, like because. Oh, this dude, movie... Dave, cut this out! Cut this out! Yeah, dude, we no, can't. No, give, guys, we can't give trade no, secrets. No. You know what? If you're if you're still listening to this podcast. You're, you're, you're allowed to be in on the secret. We love and appreciate that you're here. Uh, Dude, Aaron's going to get bleeped again. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that would be very funny. But I, I will say, like, Bloodbath, this movie existing complete <laughs> your entire life. Uh, and two. And, That's and, true. And two. And, and, and I, I, I think this actor in this movie put on one of the greatest acting performances. Salma I, Hayek. I, no, she, what? No, she's terrible. <laughs> the greatest acting performances I've ever seen in my life, and that is Kenneth Branagh in this movie, is absolutely fucking incredible. And in most movies I've seen Kenneth Branagh, and he's been absolutely fucking incredible. But for him to be able to be like the human being that he is, and to be able to take this like southern like debutante like like you know role he he was absolutely perfect in it and i could quote this movie as much as i could quote any other movie i've said on here uh but i i i i love it i know it's cheesy i know it's awful but will smith kevin klein thank you i I can't believe you haven't mentioned the song 
Oh, the song is the worst part about the song that is the song. Oh is a, the song is a hundred times better than the movie. That movie's awful. Uh, I totally agree with Dave. There's also I had the soundtrack to that movie, and there is a there was a song by Eminem and Dr. Dre on the soundtrack, and I think it was called the bad the bad guys gotta die. I don't know, but it <laughs> was a really good song in 1999 when I was 12. So check it out. I'm very glad that we're doing top three movie soundtracks. I don't care. Kenneth Branagh is so <laughs> like he deserved to win an Oscar for this movie. He is so fucking funny. He is so fucking good. All right, at playing cut him a off. Cut guy. him off, Dave. Cut him off. And he, Sarah, he, what's your top three Kenneth Branagh it. performances? <laughs> well, my top three. Go ahead. Wait, we got we we, we gotta talk about Harry Potter. You know, we gotta talk about much ado about <laughs> nothing. Lot. Yeah, like, my God, right. you like, are Kenneth literally Branagh. putting me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so here's what I'll say. Wild Wild West is my number two. It's a great action movie. Everybody in it did really, really well. It's cheesy, but I love it. It's I mean, we Aaron, I had I had Wild Wild West on my honorable mention list. It, it, it's cool. <laughs> it's it's very yeah. cool. I think that makes sense for an honorable yeah. mention. Yeah, no, I mean, I had I had fun watching Wild Wild West back in the day. I, it is it is absolutely terrible. It's obviously, so I know it's bad. It's That's real, why it's, it's here. a real stinker. I, I but think yeah, so you know, of... Will Smith's funny. Wait, yeah. uh, Kenneth Branagh is great. Kevin uh, it, Klein is good. It has in a, this movie a too. mechanical spider in it. Yeah, can I read the, can I read the tagline? Of, yes, on the yes, movie? yes, 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 one hundred percent. Okay. It's a whole new West, July 99. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually so sadly disappointed by that, that there's a million things you could do. Bloodbath, tell them something that they could have said instead. No, so we can stop talking about Wild Wild West, but like, I really want to like leave the impression that I think Kenneth Branagh had, has one of my favorite movie performances all time in this movie. All right, shouts to Kenneth Branagh. I've, by the way, I have no fucking he, idea. He's a good actor. I have no idea who that person is. He was Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter. No, no idea. He's not dead. No idea. All right, he might be dead. I don't, huh. I don't know. Um, Alan, what's? Oh, also, also, real quick, real quick, before we get going yeah. on that, uh, the guy that plays Bloodbath McGrath in that movie, I was looking at the uh, at the cast while we were talking. <laughs> um, his name's Ted Levine, and he was also. Um, Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Yes, oh was. my god! Yes, was. <laughs> great, yes, that's was. a great performance. Yeah. You know, and we're always talking about how Bloodbath is going to wear our skin. So I just, Ooh. you know, that connection. <laughs> just... Lawyer, lawyered you there, Aaron. <laughs> lawyered you there. <laughs> All right, Alan. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is the 1993 Disney version. Of the Three Musketeers, <laughs> uh, it, it was a a twenty eight Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, I guess critic score, and a uh, sixty two audience score. So obviously, I'm not alone in in this decision because, uh, you know, I I honestly I don't know how it could be rated so poorly uh, as twenty eight. And maybe maybe you all feel different differently, but uh, it's a it's a really really fun little movie. Uh, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt, Tim Curry as the evil Cardinal Richelieu. Um, it's it's just essentially another take on the Three Musketeers. I know that there there are about a thousand of them, <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of fun. It has that classic '90s Disney 
movie feel to it. Um, the characters are great. And uh, I, I, I feel like we've talked about the Three Musketeers before on this show, too. And so when I, when I put this on my list, I, I was thinking that everybody's probably going to wonder if I only watch, like, James Bond movies and read Alexander Dumas novels. But, the answer is yes. But, you know... <laughs> yeah, that is all yeah, you do. That's, that's literally your entire yeah. character. I know nothing about The Three Musketeers. Nah, me neither, dude. It's a great I've book. I've never seen anything... Great book. Yeah, I've never seen anything about them. I know they have swords. That's about it. And there are three of them. Well, that's pretty much all you have to uh, know. Feathery hats, Sarah? <laughs> Oh, yes. Feathery hats, too. Ooh, can Thank I read you. the tagline for this? Please do. I think you should do it for Please. every movie that we mentioned yeah, from here sure. on out, and you should stop yeah, asking yes. about it. Gladly. A place of betrayal, the fate of a king, a time for heroes. All for one and one for all. Oh, I'm getting chills. I'm pretty sure yeah. that that's the, also the Mighty Ducks 2 like, uh, <laughs> movie poster tagline. <laughs> Um, I also love Charlie Sheen. Charlie, I mean he he he's got tiger blood, so he's fine. Charlie Sheen's great. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's le- he's legit good in that movie too. He was it's in funny. Major League, so I, and I like everybody who was in that movie. And, yeah, you know, so Major League. Oh, thing. Oh, I forgot to look. Is Major League low enough to be no, on this list? No, it's too good. No, it's not. It's too good. I I also looked. Uh, okay, I I forgot to check that one. Oh yeah, it's way no. too high. Top tier movie. Yeah. 83%. Wow. Dude, it's great. All right. Major League's awesome. Um, Bloodbath, what's mm-hmm. your number two? All right. So, continuing my, uh, I guess, a theme now of uh, early 90s movies. Um, so, I also, when I was going through this, um, a lot of my picks are movies that um, anytime I've ever, anytime I ever come across these movies on any streaming platform, I always make it a point to watch it. Like, it's always, it's like a treasure that I find. I'm like, oh my God, like they have blah, blah, blah in here, so I need to watch it. Uh, You know, whether it's Hulu, Netflix, uh, Amazon, um, back in the day when people were still doing cable and you had like those on-demand channels and they had like random movies on there you could watch for free. Um, if I ever saw any of these movies on there, I'd always try and watch them. So <clears throat> my number two is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 1992. Oh, yes. <laughs> dude, hell fucking yeah. Hell yes. That movie's awesome, bro. My mom loved that movie. Dude, my mom loved it. That's who that I watched it with her all the time when I was little, man. Like, so uh, 1992, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. that was always on TV, too. It was a lot like when I was little, it was, I think we recorded it off like HBO or something like that. But um, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's the original movie by Joss, Joss, Joss Sweden uh, before he, uh, Joss Sweden, sorry, before uh, he made the TV show like five or six years later, it came out in 1992. Um, it's, uh, I cannot remember the the girl who plays Buffy. I don't know what the, that Christy actress's Swanson. name is. Christy yeah, Swanson. she's yes. been in, she's been in stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, she's been yes. a lot of stuff. Uh, Luke Perry. Luke um, Perry. Oh, Donald, I remember yeah. the Donald the Sutherland. Perfect. Oh yes, I forgot he's in it and, too. And let's not forget uh, Paul Rubens is yes. so <laughs> good in this he's movie. So good he is amazing so in this movie. Um, David Arquette, yeah, so, Larry uh, Swank. Yep. Yep. Um, it's uh, about uh, a high school girl named Buffy who finds out that she's a descendant of. Uh, 
uh, gosh, I can't remember now. She's a descendant of some, uh, her ancestors were vampire slayers back in the medieval times, and they hunted vampires and protected people against them. And lo and behold, it's 1992, and she's in high school, and all of a sudden there's vampires coming up, and she's got to do some, you know, slaying of her own. Uh, pretty straightforward. It's a, I kind of wouldn't even really say it's a dumb movie. Like it, it's like it's it's funny, it's stupid, um, it's a lot. Like again, I think it goes back to like um, my last pick. Like the action sequences are like pretty good. Like for like for it's the fact that it's like a horror, it's a violent it, fucking movie, dude. For a horror, dude, for a horror comedy the in the early nineties, like yep, it's it's surprisingly violent. The the vampire kind of supernatural supernatural aspects uh, really hold up. Like the whole movie holds up really well. Like. It's extremely early '90s cheese and camp, and like it's just it's delicious to watch in like 2021. Um, What's the average? It was on. Oh, uh, I didn't write any of those down. I knew it, I know it counts. Uh, I think it's like I think it's I think it's in the 40s. I think it's in the Ow. 40s. I don't think it's like terribly low. Um, definitely lower than it should be. I mean, I think this is a great movie. Um, yeah. I'm always entertained watching it. Uh, uh, my wife had never seen it before, so like it was on. Like, I think it's on Hulu. I think we watched it last Halloween. I was like, "Oh, dude, I can't believe this is on here!" Like, it was really good. Like, I, it it holds up really well. I think it's awesome. Buffy is it's at, not so much a Buffy is at thirty six percent critic, forty three audience. So it's like it's not even really that Ow. close. Yeah, that's insane. Um, yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, this was always know, man, one of the movie. covers. It's not I even. It's not even. It's not even like a, a nostalgia thing either. Like it, like I said, it holds up uh, for real. You know, Bloodbath. We should watch that next time we hang out. I I haven't seen that movie since I was eight, and I saw it like fourteen <laughs> times before I was eight because my mother would rent it every time we went to the video store. Uh, oh, and I love your I, mom, Eric. I, I she's so cool, dude. So. What I what I will say is like Bloodbath. If you ever wanted to watch it, like dude, like I I'd be down. I remember really enjoying that movie. Yeah, dude, it's good. And the tagline on this movie is "She knows a sucker when she sees one." Coming soon. Love it. Love that so <laughs> much, dude. God damn it! I should have went into marketing and advertising. Yeah, that's that's great. Cool. Um. All right, Sarah. What's your number two? Right, coming in, 10% critic, <laughs> 63% audience score is Joe Dirt, baby. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> I was going to go, I was going to pick that. I was so going to go that route. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, dude. me either. I think another person who I personally think is very underrated is David Spade. I usually love everything 100%. he's in. He yep. plays a smartass so well, and this... He doesn't actually play a smartass in this movie. He just plays like a um, a trailer trash, wig wearing, acid wash, jean loving, rock concert t shirt sporting hero. No dirt. I still have not seen the sequel that they did on that like that one platform. But oh, I did. This... It was very bad. Don't do it. It'll ruin everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll ruin it's got its moments. But you're yeah. happy for David Spade that he's working because he's such a cool dude. Um, did you ever watch his show that was on Comedy Central that got yeah, canceled? It was awesome. It was it, it was, was pretty fun. So funny. Yeah, he, it's because David I also, Spade is funny. It's funny. I tweeted I tweeted at David Spade and I said his Instagram stories are like my the happiest parts of my morning or something watching them and he liked it and it made me very happy. 
for the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah, also, I feel good. Also, let's not forget that the kid who played young Joe Dirt was the uh, Dewey and Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that, that kid is fucking hilarious. Everybody is so funny in this. Christopher Walken, also in this movie. Uh, Great. Chris Farley's brother, the one that looks exactly like him, which is very <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, was that him? Uh, Jamie Presley. I'm trying to thank everybody that's in this movie. And Dennis he's really. Leary. Really Leary? Oh. I, and I hate Dennis Leary. And he's, he's very awesome good friends with Dennis, Dennis Miller. It's Dennis Miller. Yeah, sorry. Dennis Miller. Yeah. Thank you. I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and say this. If it was Dennis Leary, <laughs> no, it was Dennis Dennis Leary it'd be a very different movie. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. They could both play that part, but you're right. It's Dennis Miller, and I, I do not like Kid Dennis Rock. Miller, but he's very good at Kid Rock. Holy shit, dude. There's a Buffalo Bill scene tying back There's into the Buffalo Bath. Bill yeah. scene where he goes, say it, don't spray it, brother. He is on the search <laughs> for his... <laughs> <laughs> He's on the search for his. <laughs> that oh, scene is so shit. funny. I love like you're in a hole in someone's house. You'll probably never get out. And then that's your reaction is like, all right, all right, just chill out. Um, Did you get me that car magazine? <laughs> <laughs> what about me? What about my supplies? <laughs> oh, my oh, and then God. isn't Sarah. Christopher Christopher Walken is also supposed to be like a southern he's in the witness protection program and he's supposed to be like a southern somebody from like Louisiana, but he talks like this. <laughs> just him in the chair. So That's the character. And so here's what I find interesting is like Sarah has now picked two movies that centralize around a main character looking for a family. That is oh, very cool. <laughs> That's a very mom thing, Sarah. I know. I, I love it. Well, that there's not some a bad heart. thing. Okay. I'm just saying it, it, there's some Thank correlation you. here and it, it really like shows, you know, like what you are in tune with. And that's very beautiful in a way. Oh, well, thanks, man. I well, this is also a movie that my dad loves. And when my dad, <laughs> when he thinks Everybody something, loves this. <laughs> right, when my dad thinks that something is really funny, he starts laughing until he chokes. And that's why I'm like, oh, this is like really good shit. So this is definitely one of those movies for him. Sarah, can I ask you a question real sure. quick? Uh, total sidebar. Um, you're talking about like your love of david spade uh did you ever watch that movie he made in the late 90s uh lost and found where yep where, where, oh, where, yes. where he had the puppy like over his crotch yeah. <laughs> yeah that yep. was a good movie that was a good movie yeah. man dude we watched yeah, dude. dickie it roberts the other day and it's dickie roberts <laughs> is also an awesome movie it's really dude. funny it's yeah. great I love yeah. I I think he kind of gets the short end of the Adam Sandler stick because he should be in way more stuff than Rob Schneider is but um you know they're kind of like yeah. the same same Chris Farley he, died Chris Farley died and so did David Spade's movie career man that, I know they fit together he, really well If you ever yeah. get a chance to listen to his um WTF with Mark Marin it is such a yep. good episode yep. and he tells that story at the end of where his assistant tried to kill him oh yeah, man dude. that was it's insane really, that was insane that was insane so it's i david spade so sleeps with a shotgun under his bed luckily sleeps enough with like a that, shotgun like blew me away his stepdad in arizona used to or his dad used to take them in like the arizona desert to shoot guns crazy 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 but i have to say the uh the tagline 
to this movie <laughs> is join the Porta Party coming soon. <laughs> Love it. 100% the best one so far. That's oh. great, dude. Yeah, that's a good pick. I I love Joe Dirt. Like, I, and I mean, I think as soon as this is over, I'm gonna go watch it. Yeah, it's by far the best movie that's been mentioned so far. That's fine. Are you sure it's better than Black Knight? <laughs> good point. You're right. It's the second best movie that's been mentioned <laughs> so far. No, dude, Joe Dirt's awesome. It actually makes me feel dumb as fuck that I didn't think about it. Like, I didn't I think about Joe Dirt either. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I feel dumb as shit. They, I just, I guess maybe, like, you know, subconsciously, I just assumed, like, nah, everybody loves this movie. I don't, I'm not friends with somebody too. who doesn't like this movie. I well, think we are. Sorry, apparently I think we were doing comedy. Like yeah, apparently, the critics and the audience, or well, I guess the audience liked it a little bit more, but the critics hated it. Um, I I also think we are do a movie starring David Spade and Martin Lawrence. Where's that? Where's that duo comedy at? <laughs> yeah, you're thinking you're of right. Bulletproof. That's what oh, you're thinking of. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, Joe Dirt's a good pick. I I love that movie. Makes me laugh really hard. It's just a uh, just such a stupid like a genius stupid character to make like joe dirt is a hilarious character you know i think it's also the <laughs> only time i've ever liked kid rock i love well, he's kid basically rock. playing himself so yeah, he's, he's not acting they it, they just showed him and they he just like brought him to the studio <laughs> told him to be told a, he, like he just like got his own costume <laughs> they brought him to the studio and they're just like eh, just go talk to the people just be you <laughs> Just improvise, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's move it into number ones. Uh, before we move into number ones, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. Before we get to our number one picks, I want to take a second and talk to you about our friends over at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters. We here at a Top 3 Podcast record at really weird times of day, and as such, without coffee, this show would not be possible. We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. They provide single-origin coffee beans that are air-roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and are available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find any type of coffee that you're looking for, or if you don't want to do the choosing, let them do it for you. Sign up for their Coffee of the Month program. We have an exclusive deal for our listeners, 20% off of your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's TOP3 with the number 3 at checkout for 20% off of your first order. Barbell Brew is running a cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where they donate a percentage of their profits every month to charity. So, follow them over at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram. Check the episode description for links to their social pages and their website so you can get caffeinated as soon as possible. Support local coffee roasters like Barbell Brew and taste the difference. Alright, let's go find out what these number one picks are. Let's go. All right, and we're back. Let's get into our number ones. Um, my number one, actually, not just my number one, I can guess. Aaron, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I not be? 
Yeah, you know what's coming. With a 17% oh, yeah. critic rating, 65% audience, 41% average. Oh, no. It is dirty work time, baby. Dirty work. They oh. say in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. All right, I'll shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I fucking love dirty work. It's uh, um, If I had to rank the contributions that Aaron has made to my life, uh, I would rank dirty work number one <laughs> ahead of like... <laughs> whatever 20 years of friendship yeah. <laughs> yeah dirty work uh was introduced to me by aaron this is like one of my favorite comedies of all time like no joke uh norm i just want to say like i'll turn this over to aaron i know aaron's got a lot he wants to say about this but norm mcdonald has the funniest comedic like cadence to me his timing 100%. is like Nobody does, nobody speaks like Norm MacDonald with that, like that cadence and that timing. And to ha just have an entire movie of Norm MacDonald doing his, like his thing is like, it's just perfect for me. It's like Tim Meadows, but like uh, just on like an exponential power. Uh, so to have Norm MacDonald, but then also to have Artie Lang, who's super funny and Christopher oh. MacDonald doing the asshole villain role again, which he's great at, um, yeah, Dirty Work is just it's one of one of my favorite comedies. I will not try to say that this is like a good movie, but I fucking love this movie, Dirty Work. Aaron, go go for it, buddy. All right, this is where I come in. This is where I come in with the heat. All right, so first off, uh, to allude back to Problem Child, uh, the grandpa in Problem Child Two was oh, Artie yeah. Lang's dad in Dirty Work. <laughs> All right, number one. I can't remember his name, but he's awesome and probably dead. R.I.P. He is dead. Yes. R.I.P. Uh, another thing I will say about this movie is that I only know about its existence because I saw it. Jack at a Warden. Video sorry. Jack Warden is his name, and Dave, Don Rickles is in this movie. Don a, a, Adam Sandler's in this movie. Chris Farley's in this fucking movie, dude. Like half of the SNL writing staff from that era, like the good, like like the best era of SNL, are are in this movie. Um, I only rented it for the first time because I was like starting to go through puberty and I really wanted to jack off all the time. So I saw a movie with the I saw a movie with the oh word dirty God. in it and I was like and I was like okay. So Norm McDonald's on the cover. <laughs> I well dude, they can't they have to put the dude on the cover because they can't show big old titties on you know in the fucking you know, regular section, dude. So I saw it. I was Holy like, dirty work. Shit, I'm man. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's not rated R. Like, my mom will totally read it for me, right? She's never gonna know. I'm just gonna jack off after she goes to bed. So I read this movie and I watched it. The and fact I that like, it wasn't rated R didn't tell you that there was no nudity in it. Like, <laughs> what do you think you're gonna see? On. It's PG 13. I'm a simple man. Okay. I just say, yes, I, you are. Just picture Aaron renting dirty work Jacking to watch off. to go jack off to it, and also yeah. like, and also getting his mom to buy Har Harvest Moon because he thinks that that is like the so dirty game. Yeah. So basically, Sarah, what you're saying is I'm very good at tricking my mother, which you are yeah. correct. I'm her baby boy, and she loved me. Oh. Uh, so okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it uh, anymore on that level. It is it is. Uh, top top 
10 all-time comedies to me. Dave hit it right on the head. Norm MacDonald is one of these people that has shown throughout his career that he cannot like take the reins as like the, the, the big person in the TV show or whatever the fuck he's doing. And in Dirty Work, it, it, it absolutely worked out. Uh, we didn't say Chevy Chase also in this movie. Yeah. Also very, very, very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't want to go on too much about it because I have this weird feeling that it's going to pop up in the honorable mentions uh, or in the guest list as well. But it, 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 it's absolutely brilliant. It's so funny. And it's and it has no intention to be good. Bob Saget directed it. There's one. Yeah. There, there's one. There's one for the listeners yeah. out there. Uh, fucking incredible movie. Uh, and Norm Macdonald, again, just at, never has gotten enough credit for how funny he actually is you, you know i mean i get it he was on snl he had a tv show he had some movies they all bombed and shit but to me norm mcdonald is one of the greatest comedians of all time and this movie kind of encapsulate his cap encapsulates his entire personality his entire shtick into a fairly coherent like script uh and i think that's all you can ask for from him and it really turned out well so dirty work also my number one Hey, Aaron, I think I feel a slight itch. (laughs) Adam Sandler, dude. Not the first time we've talked about him. And since we are, I just want to say Henry Winkler. That's three episodes. So great. He wasn't in Dirty Work, but I just love him. Norm MacDonald, I don't know if you guys remember this, but maybe almost 10 years ago, he was the spokesperson for safe auto car insurance, (laughs) which is is based out of Columbus, Ohio. And at the time, one of the girls I worked with, her husband worked in the marketing department there. And so they brought Norm MacDonald into Columbus because they were filming commercials and they took him out to McCormick and Schmidt's. He shows up wearing, it might have been a safe auto uh, hoodie and jeans and like New Balance or Nike tennis shoes. And he um, goes up to her husband because they're like, okay, we're going to go eat and like, you know, sit down. He goes up to her husband, Doug, and her husband, Doug, always has like gel in his hair. And he just goes up to him. He goes, ah, your hair doesn't move, does it? Huh? And then he just walks on, <laughs> walks onto the table and sits down. If, if that was a line in Dirty Work, I'd quote it all the time. Oh my god! <laughs> Got me assigned uh, an autographed copy of his safe auto photo shoot. Pretty sweet. Oh, and the the That's tagline awesome. the tagline for this is "Revenge is sweet and surprisingly affordable." <laughs> That's also a great line. Hey, shout out Reagans. To Christopher McDonald, absolutely crucial to this movie yeah. and absolutely wonderful in it. I think he's got his thumb up that dog's ass. <laughs> well, I bet it's I bet it's about time for you to go home and enjoy yourself a nice cold glass of Chihuahua piss or something. Oh, <laughs> you know what hurts the most, Aaron, is the uh, is the lack of respect. Well, besides that other thing, that hurts the most. But the lack of respect <laughs> that hurts the second most. Next top three, tune in top three dirty word quotes. That'll be a four hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling Uh, Stone, Street Fighting Man, G7. (laughs) RIP, dude. This is the second time we've talked about Chris Farley. RIP. Yeah, just Chris Farley comes in in these movies and he's just like, I think it was his last movie, right? It's the last movie he was in or is the last one he filmed or something like that. Oh, wow. But he yeah, comes it, in. It was. Almost, almost Heroes was the last that one was... he filmed, but it, but it came out right before yes. Dirty Work. They came out the same summer. Okay, Chris Farley is just like 
fucking throwing fireballs in this movie. He is so funny in this movie. Shut oh, yeah, your dude. trap hole. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was I'm just, me and I'm just proud of you guys for keeping the quotes as minimal as you did because the green chat the last two weeks has been off the hook on dirty work. High quotes. and tight. High my and goal tight. is my goal is for this episode to be four hours. So I think <laughs> how the hell with this podcast Who wants to be itchy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very uh, great play in by Dave for those who don't recognize Dave nicely done. I just uh, I mean I just want to say like Dirty Works an uh, amazingly funny movie. I I can't say anything else other than what you guys have said. It's near perfect in my opinion for a comedy. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um Alan, what is your number 1? My number 1 is the man with the golden gun. God. It's another. <laughs> it's another James Bond movie. It's is, another Roger this Moore is, movie. This is so on brand for Alan. It's making my head explode. It, it, it makes like me that. so mad. It's like, why are we losing viewers every week? It's like, oh, probably because we're talking about the Browns and goddamn James Alan. Bond all the time. Alan, what's what's the <laughs> score? What's the score of this one then? Forty critic score, fifty-five. Audience of 47 and a half, um, which I think is just way too low for this one. Um, Roger Moore, James Bond again, um, tracking down an assassin, Christopher Lee, uh, who has a third nipple, just (laughs) as a you know, an aside. That's his that's his defining characteristic beyond the fact that he shoots a, a gun with gold bullets. That's just good um, writing, dude, for real. I don't know yeah, what you're talking about. That's just good really writing. Um, you know, they have funhouse mirrors, um, a big laser tattoo from Fantasy Island is there. Um uh yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Uh Alan, you know, can I ask you a question so, really quickly? Yeah. Do you think that like it's really weird that you love James Bond, but I bet you could have had pick like from any of fifty of them because they were so lowly rated. I'm just saying. <laughs> because, I'm just saying because they're also bad. I'm just saying they all they all average out at like fifty two. So yeah, like these are like the reasonable. only ones that were below the fifty the fifty range. Well, you go keep on and loving also, that dude. Like, you know, I I I found when I was trying to figure out movies that fell under this 50 average that I just couldn't come up with movies off the top of my head. And I don't watch movies on Netflix. I watch TV shows and like, I don't have a list of DVDs or anything. Like I don't have my DVD book or, or anything like that. So I'm, you know, I just, I went to rotten tomatoes and hit the fifth. I I looked at all the movies they had for 50% and under, you know, that's exactly what I did. I googled it. I was like, and, and, "Movies under fifty yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes." I was like, "Okay, that one. Okay, that one." Yeah, you know, and I mean, and there were there were some other ones in there, and I have them here for my my honorable mentions. But the vast majority of movies that you know, I I watch, and I, I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of a crappy movie, like a guilty pleasure movie or whatever." Uh, they were all still like at least just slightly above the fifty percent, even though I made made fun of Bloodbath earlier this week for saying that exact same thing you know 
true, I just though. I hadn't started looking into it yet, so you know. It's all right. It's I love but you, anyway, so. another another James Bond movie. Suck it. Okay, here's hey, the man, here's the do... tagline for this one. Hey, dude, don't say suck it to me, man. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> Also, the movie the movie poster for this is very fun. It's very colorful. Um, The tagline is: "The world's greatest villains tried to kill James Bond. Now it's Scaramanga's turn to try." (laughs) 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 Okay. Sarah, I love Uh, that you're doing this. I love this so much. I bet I do too. That is a horrible tagline. Like. They just get like (laughs) a fifth grader to write like Scaramanga in it. That's awesome. So, Alan, I know that you picked this movie and and I understand, <laughs> you know, why for the most part, but like just your personal opinion. I mean, where would you and I understand, you know, there's like 75 James Bond movies. I mean, like, where do you like personally like kind of this list aside? Like, where would you put this movie? Because I, I think this is like my least favorite James Bond movie ever. Like, is it is it wow, one you genuinely? Really? Yeah, dude, I cannot stand this movie. Oh, I, I, I like it for the most part. Like, it's definitely not going to be ranked, like, right at the top if we were right. doing top James Bond movies. But uh, I, I do think that Christopher Lee as Scaramanga is a great Bond villain. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, I mean, the... So I also like the callback they do in this movie uh, to Live and Let Die with the uh with the same Louisiana sheriff I forget right it's definitely no live and let die right right yeah Uh, but uh, I it it was critically panned so I mean you're absolutely right it's not a great movie but I definitely I liked it more than I liked a view for a view to a kill and mostly it's because this one's so it's so funny um because there's such a weird focus. There's such a weird focus on Christopher Lee and his third nipple. It's mentioned <laughs> like 15, yeah. 15 times. Um, tattoos there. He pretends to be a statue. He smacks James Bond on the head but with a trident. He tries to kill him again later in the movie. And then at the end, James Bond puts him in, in some luggage and hoists him up on a boat. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, not, it's no live and let die. But it looks I, fun. I, Maybe top ten, I guess. Does anybody here have like? I mean, I don't know. Alan's brought up James Bond so many times. Just like real quick, does anyone have like a like a solid opinion on James Bond? I mean, like, are, is anyone like a real fan of any of it? I watched that James Bond Junior cartoon when I was a little kid. And it sucked too. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, that sucks. Sarah, go I ahead. My husband and I saw Skyfall, and oh my god. My husband got very into James Bond for that time frame. Um, I think just because <laughs> that that opening is like so I don't even want to say iconic because it's not that old, but it's so like dramatic and all things James Bond. Um, I I don't know. My my opinion of James Bond is Sean Connery because that's the one that we watched the most. But I remember my dad would tell me all the people that played James Bond and my eyes would glaze over because I just didn't get it. But I think that there is like a a silly I didn't get it. And then like when Austin Powers came out, then my dad explained why Austin Powers was silly and all the spy movies. Um, Right. No, it's fun. It's like fun, fun, fun action banging. 
You know, it's fun. There's action. There's shooting. He's always going to win. He's never going to lose. Right. Well, so, but that's like, you know, the Roger Moore one was a little bit less like that, you know, explosions and shooting people all the time. Roger Moore, like never shot anyone as James Bond. He was just always real busy trying to get laid. And uh, I love it. He, he did the yeah, karate chops a lot. He's kind of the horniest James Bond, that's for sure. And he's definitely the horniest James Bond. It, <laughs> James Bond is kind of I mean, changed. Like he's got he is he's gotten really super attractive. violent. Like <laughs> he used to be like the A team where he wouldn't kill people, he would just like fuck up their day. You yeah. Know? But now James Bond's like shooting people in the face. Yeah, and Daniel Craig is up. very angry. As James Bond, you know, and it is like, okay, I, I don't, I don't know. Again, like the James Bond of the one that I grew up on is just very like colorful and fun. And there's always like this big song and you're probably going to see like a nipple or like almost a full on boob. There's always like a hot chick in it. It's kind of like like, (laughs) Dave, Dave, do you have do you have any thoughts on James Bond as like a character or just in general as like a thing? Um, I think that James Bond is pretty played out. Like I'm kind of getting tired of James Bond. Um, maybe a new actor will help refresh it, but I think Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan's my favorite Bond. We mentioned it when we talked about it with Luke, but like your first Bond is often your favorite Bond. Um, yeah. I cannot i i really don't like any of the sean connery roger moore or timothy dalton bond movies i think they're all boring that's funny like i I don't like any of the new ones you know with our powers combined (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say there are no powers combined i hate both the old and the new movie Dude. <laughs> right. Dude, Roger Moore is the most attractive, though. Oh my goodness! Ooh, sweating. All right, Roger Moore. Bloodbath. Yeah, about right. how attractive Roger Moore is. Oh. Uh, I mean, you know. Well, I just, I just think James Bond's an interesting character. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not like a huge fan. I don't. I mean, I kind of, I like. There's movies of every like actor that did it that I feel um are like interesting and like fun. Um, I just think like just has a character you know you have superheroes you have you know uh you know west you know cowboys you have all these like kind of like archetypes and like he's definitely you know one of the more modern um kind of archetypes and i think that it it too it's like it's like such it's become such a weird relic like again like a you know i think if you watch even like the pierce browsen ones or um, not so much the Daniel Craig's. I think they've definitely done something sort of different there, but I don't know. It just, I don't feel like, I don't know, man. I, it just feels like so like foreign in like 2021 of like a dude with like I, cars and gadgets and, and all this stuff. It just, I don't know, man. It's such a, it's just such a dinosaur. Like I, I don't hate it, but I just think it's, it's just a weird thing that we keep wanting. Like they keep making movies. I'm just like, I just don't get it. It's it's a lot heavier than it definitely used to be for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I I agree. It, it doesn't make sense for the, for the period of time that we're in, you know, I mean, it's, it's something that was, it was good because, you know, it was all sorts of things that, that like the gadgets that you mentioned, it was all sorts of things that like people, couldn't really conceive of having in real life but now like anything that james bond has in those old movies are things that 
like we take for granted, like a portable communication device that everybody carries around in their pocket all the time. Right. You know, I mean, it's isn't there you know, also a so level? His, I was just going to say, there's also like a level of fantasy to James Bond, and I think it's gone more of like, no, we need to make this more realistic. Let's make it real in like the uh, the terrorist <laughs> attacks that are going on. You're like, no, 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 no. People watch James Bond as like an escape. It's an yeah, escape. Right. It's silly. It's fun. It's uh, again, like banging. He's always going to win. And now it's like, no, we need it to be fucking realistic. And if it's yeah. not realistic, then we're going to rip it to shreds. He better have like the most high tech stuff. And instead of, I think he could definitely go like a Marvel route where there's like, it's very fantasy element you create that world and you can have like sprinkle real life stuff into it but it is so nitty gritty and like skyfall at the end of it i was just like jesus christ like i i also i i just like want to ram my head against a wall like this was not enjoyable it's just like black swan like (laughs) why does this movie exist like i'm not gonna go back and watch this movie a thousand times whereas like diamonds are forever i'll probably go back and like watch that here and there whatever and it's silly i don't know yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. i like the, the bond the bond in my head is bond is cool He's trying mm-hmm. to get laid. He's shooting people. He's like infiltrating. He's doing Bond shit. But the new movies are all like, yeah, but what if he was sad all the time? <laughs> and that's not really. I hope the, I hope they go the Marvel route and like kind of inject some comedy into the next uh, into the <laughs> next like fly. Bond actor. Yeah, they get like Norm Macdonald to play Bond or he something. Turns- that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh my god! I would watch that James Bond movie. Dry James Bond. I just want. Yeah. yeah, I'm here, and he's always in tennis shoes. <laughs> so you got a uh, you got a third nipple there, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're See, a terrorist, uh, huh? Yeah. Okay. See, uh, my girl Q. She uh, she gave me this watch that can put you to sleep. So I'm gonna put you to sleep now. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's get out of uh, let's get out of Bond Land. Uh, Bloodbath. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is uh, what I think is like one of the most like criminally underrated movies of the nineties. Nineteen ninety three's Last Action Hero, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ooh. Um, is there anyone who hasn't seen this movie? There's actually a lot of people I feel that like don't know what this movie is. Um, I have never, never heard of this it. movie before. So Jim for took real? me to see that in theaters when he became my stepdad for the first time as like a bonding <laughs> experience. <laughs> and I really liked so, it. <laughs> so, uh, Alan, have you seen it? Um, I do not think that I've seen this one. Okay. So just kind of like... It? Who's in it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is that Arnold? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, the plot is um, there is a kid, um, Daniel Madigan, who is obsessed with this movie uh, franchise called Jack Slater, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, his friend, uh, who his friend's an older uh, gentleman who runs this uh, movie theater, and he lets him in for a midnight screening, just him alone, nobody else, of the new Jack Slater movie. And he says he gives him a ticket that he said used to uh, belong to Harry Houdini. And while he's watching the movie, he ends up being sucked into the movie and he goes along and hangs out with, you know, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in this movie. <clears throat> but what it really is, it's extremely meta. So um, they end up being in the movie, and like the entire time, he just keeps pointing out that they're in a movie. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is like, what are you talking about? Like, you're crazy or something like that. And the entire time they're in the movie, it's beyond over the top like the action sequences are just like silly like silly ridiculous they put they're constantly pointing out how like this isn't real you can't you can't do these things in real life it doesn't make sense um just everything's completely over the top um and that goes on for a while and then at a certain point they end up leaving the movie and they go out into the real world and then things get really insane because arnold schwarzenegger is trying to catch the villain and he's running around doing all these things and he realizes he's like oh shit like this doesn't work like he tries to punch uh a window out in the car and he like breaks his hand and he's like in extreme (laughs) pain um he uh you know he ends up getting shot in the movie and he like almost died like i don't want to give everything away it's a really really good movie but like there's lots of commentary about the fact that they're in a movie and then they're out of the movie um you know like a fun tidbit you know the kid keeps trying to convince Arnold Schwarzenegger that they're in a movie. So uh, he takes them to a blockbuster video and they walk around and there's the promotional, like, uh, Alan, what'd you call those things at the video store? Like the big cardboard displays. Uh, like a cutout? Yeah. Well, you used to work at the video store, so I thought... <laughs> anyway, so like, oh, it's the Terminator... <laughs> it's a Terminator 2, it's a Terminator 2, like, cardboard cutout, but uh, Sylvester Stallone is playing... Uh, oh, that's funny. The Terminator. And, you know, there's just a constant, like, you know, back and forth about how, like, uh, at one point, um, he's like, oh, I can prove to you this is a movie. And he writes, you don't see what he writes, but, like, you're to imagine he wrote the word fuck down. And he's like, say this word. And he's like, I'm not going to say that word. And he's like, you can't because it's just, we're rated PG 13. You can't say this word. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, like, this, but, like, what really gets interesting is, so, like, this is, like, the fourth installment of the film franchise. And um, they like talk about things that happen in the other movies, and like you find out like his character like actually like it he he's aware of everything that's happened in the other movies, and he actually has PTSD from everything that's happened. Um, in one of the previous movies, they kill his kid, and like he has like hor- horrible like very vivid nightmares of it. Um, uh, he uh, what else does he do? Um, Oh, I can't remember, but, but they mentioned a lot of times that like he like and he's they're like I hate he's like I hate my job I hate like killing people like I don't like this like I don't know why I keep doing it and like they just they deconstruct everything and it gets really meta very weird it's got a really good ending um and I don't ever hear anybody talk about this movie it's so good the action sequences are also really like top notch but like again they're like super over the top and it's got one of my favorite ACDC songs that they made just for the movie um I know it's great. Ooh. A kid is also in My Girl too. That's right. You guys just talked about that too, like two weeks hey, ago. I think. We did. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's written by Shane Black, who uh, he did. Uh, he did all the Lethal Weapon. He wrote all the Lethal Weapon movies. He wrote Predator. Um, he did Iron Man three. He did uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, so he did uh, the Nice oh. Guys that came out a couple years. Yeah. So like he's always like writing a lot of stories that like kind of. Um, or go against the grain of like these like kind of genre like conventions stuff like that. So it's I mean legit. I think it's like the most underrated movie. I think it's so like inventive how they like you know take a lot apart, deconstruct it. There's a part part in the movie where like Arnold sorts like the character that he's playing 
uh, I think it's called Jack Slater, meets Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actual actor in real life, and it's like a real, like weird conversation that they have. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Everybody should check it out. I love it. The tagline for this movie is, he's mean, he'll blast through your screen. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that. That movie sounds, uh, the movie sounds pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. Like I am, I am not interested in watching movies at this point in my life. I, I don't think I've watched a single movie yet in 2021. Um, but that movie sounds good. I will, uh, I will consider watching it and probably not because it's not on Korean Netflix, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> It, it definitely is, dude. I, I, it's totally worth a watch. Like if, if, you know, if anyone's like down to see it, man, like that would be like a good watch party. Um, it's funny. It's also like, I think it's the best acting Arnold Schwarzenegger's ever done. Like I, I seriously challenge any, any of you guys who have not watched it, like go watch it and like, tell me like, he's super funny in the movie. He's oh, super have you seen emotion- Jingle All The Way? Dude, I we watched Jingle. We watched Jingle all the does way not together hold up. for Christmas. It does not hold up. That movie's awful. No. Very that bad. Was, Very that bad. was hard. That was yeah, hard, dude. I was, was I was so psyched for to do that again and I was like, oh my god, dude, like this is not good. Yeah, it's uh, real bad. Aaron Aaron, you've seen it. I mean, dude, like tell me, like like is he not like legit good in that movie? Okay. So the last time I saw it I was like six. Right, like I saw it one time when Jim took me to see it in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> and what I will say that I remember from that oh. movie is he pulls the kid into the te- or into the movie screen or the kid goes into the movie screen. I just remember like sitting there like as like a six year old turning to Jim and being like, Oh my god, what if he pulls me into the movie screen and Jim just be like, Yeah, whatever, I'm just trying to make out with your mom. You know, like I don't really remember I don't, I don't really remember that movie. Jim himself I like when I was very Jim looked Dude, at I the mentioned- camera and was oh, just Lord. like, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> That's right. Like, Jim always tried to get me into James Bond, and I was like, nah. I imagine when you started telling me that story that you were going to say, like, it was, I thought it was going to be, like, just you and Jim there. Side yeah, note, like-, like, this this movie, like, really tries <laughs> to go over the top. This movie like tries to go over the top with like the fact that like nothing in, that's happening in the movie is like realistic. So like they go back to the police station inside the movie, and uh, there's just there's a desk, and the guy just keeps part- partnering different cops up with each other. And it's like the joke is like you know it's like forty eight hours lethal weapon. It's like you know they're just like putting random people together, and like. One of the pairings is like you know some random cop like you know dressed in like street clothes with like, uh, and you're partnered with the uh, black and white uh, visualization of Humphrey Bogart, and it's like you know they like do that and like you know no like nobody there like acknowledges that it's not realistic, and then like uh, another point they're like all right officer so and so you're partnered with um, you know Felix the cat, and like it's just this animated cat. <laughs> That's a police officer, or they call. I think they call him Whiskers, and he's like got a trench coat, and it's voiced by Danny DeVito, and like, and that cat shows up several times to like save the day, and like the kid keeps going, but he's a cartoon character. He's like, yeah, and like he was on probation, and now he's like off, so like he's like doing his job, and like no one acknowledges that he's a cartoon. Like seriously, like check it out. Like I cannot say enough good things about it. All right, um, let's move on to Sarah, and you're number one. Bring us home. 
My number one, I knew it coming in. Uh, critics review 48%, audience review 35% for an average of 41.5% is MacGruber. MacGruber uh, is... That is awesome. MacGruber, I never even I, thought about that. I, I talk to, I feel like I've talked to a lot of people that have never seen it because it was written off as a, as a dumb SNL movie. And I get it. Like we were talking about before with the ladies, man, you take a, I mean, MacGruber, it's probably like three minutes space throughout the, the SNL episode to Dude, take those that. Are some of the best sketches of they, all time. The like Charles Barkley show. MacGruber is. Oh my God, dude. One oh God, of dude. the effing funniest things. Go see it if you've never watched it. But this movie, it's uh, it's Will Forte, of course, is MacGruber, Kristen Wiig, um, and Ryan Phillippe. And it is so effing funny. It is a straight-up action film with comedy like sprinkled in. Will Forte is another one of my favorite people very underrated because he is just he's he's like norm mcdonald in the sense of norm mcdonald is never going to he's going to stay true to himself and just be like a straight face character and will forte is always going to go super weird and make things very weird and take it to the ne- like whatever level he can take it to oh my god this movie is so funny there's a scene where he he like <laughs> plays his enemy in the movie which is also funny because he's just bloated with a huge uh, with a huge long ponytail but there's a scene where he gets his convertible where mcgruber like comes out of hiding he gets his convertible out and you think he's gonna play like this heavy metal music when he's pulling out of the garage and the next scene is him pulling out and it's he's playing toto rosanna rosanna yeah it's so funny (laughs) It's just like left turns like that the whole time. Um, I had, I love this movie so much. So, and I guess, so I was looking up on Wikipedia today to see like what kind of what the reaction was of people. Cause this is another one that I saw in the movie theaters, like at least three times. And once I saw it all alone in a movie theater by myself, nobody else was there, <laughs> but they said that nice. they've, uh, they've, they talked about year, for years doing MacGruber two and it, and they talked about um, doing it around the time that they created last man on earth, which is another great TV show. If you've never watched it, but I, apparently they pitched a MacGruber TV series to Peacock and it said on August 10th, 2020 Peacock gave production a series, gave production a series um, ordering uh, eight episodes. So I don't know if that will actually happen. I would watch that released. immediately. I would watch that uh, instantly. Immediately. It is like every MacGruber I've ever watched is hilarious, but the, the movie, everyone, they, everyone's so good. Everyone holds up and the movie start to finish is just ridiculous and funny in in the best way. And I guess if you're not a fan of Will Forte, maybe that's why people wouldn't react to it. But this movie is so effing funny. And I have to read you the tagline of this film. And the tagline is the ultimate tool. (laughs) (laughs) No, Sarah, I, I want to agree with you. I think Will Forte is one of those people that like, he, you know, like the casual, like, you know, person will like see his face and be like, I know that guy, but I don't know his name. He is one yeah. of my 
uh, like one of the unheralded, most brilliant people who, to have ever been on Saturday Night Live. And he had that same thing that we talked about with Andy Samberg. It was kind of like so weird that it like becomes funny. And McGruber is, I feel like, and this is weird, but I feel like McGruber is what Will Forte was kind of like meant to like put into the world. You know what I mean? Like they're all of the yes. skits are very, or the sketches are very good. And uh, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I remember watching it and, and loving it. Thinking it was very funny. Uh, Last man on earth is absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I, I just, I, I'm really glad we got to talk about Will Forte because he, he, he is somebody who, who, who needs to be talked about. Yeah. His commitment to like taking things to weird levels is perfect. And he's also and he's in so a very, good at it. He's very good at it because he has like a straight man sensibility to him. There's also, if you haven't seen it, um, the sketch series, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix yeah. is great. And he's in yeah. sketch and it is so funny and weird and just, he's the old guy on the airplane, right? He's the old guy on the airplane that <laughs> sat, sat next to Tim Robinson Years ago when he was a baby and he cried the whole time. So now Will Forte's going to cry this entire <laughs> plane ride. It's so stupid, but it's great. He's, he's a little gem in the, in the world of comedy. He's a super funny guy. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, no, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to admit that I was wrong. Uh, I hate McGruber. I hate really? it. Uh, yeah, he doesn't hate, watch SNL. He doesn't watch I, SNL. I hate it's, the. Wait, I, I will watch. I watch SNL wait, stuff if I like. Wait, what's up, Sarah? MacGruber sketch or the movie? I, I hate the idea of MacGruber, and oh, so okay, I refuse okay. to watch any of so it. The sketches are so brilliant. The, the the sketches are so brilliant, Dave. You'd love. I refuse it. You would, to watch you any would of laugh. it. <laughs> I, I can't. I understand this man. He's a hater as much as I am, but he's just yeah, nice dude. I'm about a fucking like, hater sometimes. Like, this I get is it. one of my I'm big done. ones. Uh, Dave, Charles Barkley one is really funny. You. Charles Barkley is really funny in the McGruber one. All right, I'm gonna. I'll watch the Charles Barkley one after we're done recording. But I promise okay. you, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch it with a frown on my face. Like, I, yeah, and you know I got that. Okay. Just getting him to watch it. Okay. All it took was the funniest basketball player of all time. Yeah. Like, all right. if you would have been like, hey, Shaquille O'Neal's doing, you'd be like, nah, I don't care. You're like, okay, <laughs> Charles Barkley. All right. Okay, fine. I'll give it two minutes. So, um, solid pick. Uh, I saw that in theaters. Uh, Jamie and I went, um, it was like a point in time where we actually were living uh, apart from each other. She had to move home. She moved, we, she moved home and I moved to Troy uh, for like a year and we'd only be able to see each other kind of like on the weekends. And uh, that was, uh, we went and saw that movie. Um, I just remember us like sitting, we get, we were the only people in the theater it. too, but like we got there like at, the, we got there early. So like we saw like the, we had not seen it. So like we saw like the last third of the movie and then like sat through <laughs> the credits and then watched the start of the movie. Um, so uh, I kind of feel the opposite oh. way of Dave. Um, I think the sketches are kind of lame, but like the, the movie, like just it like fires on every cylinder. I think that's such a good movie. Um, I just want to ask though, like, so everyone is like familiar with like MacGyver, correct? Yeah, that's yes. why I hate the idea of MacGruber because I think MacGyver okay. is sacred. So, oh my god, yeah, but MacGyver. it's a love letter. I know, it is such a okay, love letter to MacGyver. But, MacGyver correct, but is sacred. <laughs> okay, but so though that leads me to my point. Like, something does anyone have like an opinion on MacGyver? I've, I'm like Dave, dude. I no. love MacGyver. 
No, MacGyver after I saw MacGruber, I'm like, Dude. MacGruber, that's a strange name. I wonder, I was like, oh, I... that show my grandma watched when I was younger. With, no, uh... I love I love MacGyver. I love the theme song to MacGyver. I had a crush on him when I was four or five dun, when we used dun, to watch dun, it. Dun. Yeah. That explains dun, so much. Dun, dun, dun. I always think of him whenever I see a Swiss army knife, like the shit that he could get done <laughs> with a Swiss army knife. Like he was going to save the day. That's why I think you would love MacGruber because it really is a love letter to MacGyver. No. So the thing is like, I was mad about <laughs> MacGyver. I was mad about uh, them soiling the good name of MacGyver. And I've had what it's been what, like, at least 10 years of me <laughs> being mad. So like, what am I going to change my mind now? I'm not. People don't forget. <laughs> I think it's really crazy that I have so many friends who like MacGyver and I've never, like, I didn't know that. I'm just like, yeah, I know these people most of my life. And I talk to them on a daily basis. Yeah. They're like, MacGyver is sacred. If you say anything about it, I'll fucking kill you. I'm just like, oh shit. What? I think the movie holds up really well. I I do think there's a there is a chunk in the middle that I think drags. I think I know a lot of people probably think it's funny. I think when he goes to the graveyard and has sex with his like, oh, yeah. ghost wife, I I think <laughs> I it's funny. But I just I think I think the movie like that's it drags so much in that like middle part of the movie. Um, there's there's but, one part where he murders somebody and he goes up to Ryan Phillippe and he goes says the guy's name and he goes dead at the age of who gives a fuck (laughs) (laughs) um alan you've been quiet i mean do you have did you ever watch macgyver alan do you have any like thoughts on it or mcgruber i've never seen mcgruber i had no idea i knew it was a movie and i knew that it was like a play on macgyver i had no idea it was an snl sketch so that's news to me i'll I guess but maybe I'll check it. that Bro, out. Alan, you'll love it, dude. MacGyver is like uh, a poor that, man's that, They're literally song. like 25 seconds. No, no, I I hear you. MacGyver was MacGyver was was pretty cool. I never got super into it. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't think MacGyver is sacred or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, what but, the um, fuck, Dave? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, was a, a weird thing, man. That's I the hill he's no going to die that. on. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's that weird. Like MacGyver was like a real cultural like thing for like it, I mean it was a big yeah. deal. Yeah. He brought that mullet into America. Yeah. If MacGyver ended before the year we you were born, like you cannot say it's sacred. That's the rule. It ended in ninety two. Doesn't count. Y'all were four. <laughs> Y'all were fucking four. I have a new one out. Never they mind, you're right. Just- that that is awesome. Yeah, I a think, new MacGyver. I think they did. Yeah, that sounds like, like something they did. Yeah. yeah, it was nominated for four oh, yeah. time Emmy. All right, let's get into uh, honorable mentions. Wait, I want to talk about MacGyver more. Okay, uh, if you said that, we'll talk about <laughs> MacGyver more and how you're going to go to hell and you're going to be tortured. You're going to get tortured in an uh, you're going to get tortured in an Iron Maiden that's made out of an old quilt and some paper clips. Better than watching MacGyver. Um, all right, oh, so man. honorable mentions go lightning round style. Um, my honorable mention originally actually was Black Knight, and I am going to pivot here. Um, my honorable mention is Austin Powers Three Gold Member. 
Which is that should have been mentioned. Mole, mole, there is a, uh, a f- it has a 43% average on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, That's so crazy. The movie was so good. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to spend a half hour talking about Austin Powers. Actually I do, but I don't think we can. Um, so I just want to tell the story of when me and Alan, and I think it was Mike oh. Verneau, right? Alan went to go see Austin Powers three in the theater. And that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Rest in peace, Mike. And um, that theater was full. There were people sitting on the floor of the movie theater because Mm -hmm. they oversold it. And it was the most raucous theater experience I've ever been in. People were fucking like they were losing their minds. Those movies were so big, dude. People don't understand. Those were like the biggest fuck. Those were like Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah. So like from the moment from the moment that Danny DeVito came on as mini me and it's like, Hey assholes, I'm mini me. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, you could, you could like, you could legit like not hear what was going on on the, in the movie at times because people were laughing so hard. So yeah, Austin powers three. That's my honorable mention. Tagline Um, on July 26th, the secret will be exposed. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that at all. Aaron, what's your honorable mention? I just very uh, quickly before I say uh, my honorable mention, want to like give a shout out to uh, that Nathan Lane Beyonce scene in Austin Powers Three, where he's like <laughs> talking for her. That's just a that's just a brilliant bit of acting from the great mind of Nathan Lane. Uh, my number three uh, is going to be Son in Law. Starring or my my honorable mention that is on my list. Son in Law, starring Polly Shore. Polly uh, Shore, baby. I my like I grew up in Hollywood pictures. So like this is a movie like me and my dad could watch together, right? Because it's about a farm, right? Uh, but uh, my 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 absolute favorite part about that movie, and this is something I'll never say about movies, is how strong that movie soundtrack it is. It is one hundred percent the reason I love John Denver. Like there are a couple really <laughs> fucking good ones in it. And uh, we we uh, throughout the week we've talked like Pauly Shore has you know he was a thing and we all like some of his movies. To me, Son in Law is his best movie uh, because it reminded me of what it was like being me growing up in a farm town. Just like it, it just made no sense, right? But I really connected to it. And me and my sister watched. I, I've probably seen Son in Law a hundred and fifty five fucking times. It was like one of three <laughs> VHS tapes my dad had. It was like that and sports bloopers twice. And so I watch Son-in-Law all the time. Steven Tyler PJs. Steven Tyler PJs. Steven Tyler. He's like, uh, well, uh, hey there, crotch. Uh, it's crawl. Yeah, it's crawl. Hey, crap. <laughs> yeah, hey, crap, crap. It's crawl. That's weird, dude. I've seen Biodome 155 times. Yeah, Biodome's cool. But like, I, I had to make a decision. It was like that, Biodome, In the Army Now, and Encino Man. And I had to make a decision. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't want this podcast gotcha. to go on without mentioning uh, Polly Son- Shore. Son-in-law's tagline is, he's a relative's nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's so weak. That could have been so much better. Son-in-law's great. That's definitely is, the best Polly Shore movie. It's very, I watched- very, dude. It's a good movie, like, legitimately. No, it's not. I never heard of that or Polly Shore, and I was probably, like, seven or eight, and, God, man, I my... We had family in town from like West Virginia or something like that, and like a, a 
uh, I mean, they were older, so I mean, it was like my great aunt or it was like my great grandfather or something. Like someone brought that movie um, <laughs> and played it. Like no one, no one had seen it. No one knew anything about everybody it. Everybody like, every, had that on VHS. Every everyone like thoroughly enjoyed it. Like they like at like my eighty year old like great grandparents, my like great aunts and uncles who were like definitely in their like sixties or seventies. Me, my sister, my parents, like everyone like loved that movie. Like we all had such a good time watching it. Uh yeah, dude. Great good pick. All right, Alan, what's your honorable mention? Uh well it, so it was Wild Wild West, but because that one got taken, I, I moved to, uh, I moved to, I actually have two of them. First is Deep Blue Sea. Uh, just God. barely slides oh, under. Yeah, that movie's so awesome, dude. <laughs> uh, so it's a 49 average Deep Blue Sea. And then also Ooh. combination, the Mighty Ducks 1 and 2. Each of them fit under Damn. That, that 50% threshold. No so. fucking way. Yeah, I, I yeah, said the yeah, Mighty Ducks too as a joke earlier, thinking like, well, it's obviously higher than a fifty percent. Damn. No, Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks eighty eight, and Mighty Ducks two seventy nine. Uh, so that's and then you split it in half. Yeah, sorry. So what, I did my what I will say is that moment in Deep Blue Sea where Samuel L. Jackson gets killed by the shark is like top one <laughs> like things that shattered my existence when I watched the movie. <laughs> You think you move? You think yeah. you, you think sharks move fast? You should see ice, man! Fucking great monologue, dude! Right into the dead, <laughs> fucking all time movie moment, bro. Oh uh, um, yeah, man! That shark moved way faster than ice. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, boy. What's the tagline, Sarah? Tagline is beneath the glassy surface. There's a world of gliding monsters. <laughs> man, oh, these what? are all so bad. Why are these all so Somebody bad? Somebody got paid to write that, too. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I should have went yeah. marketing and advertising. I would have had a very cool shark pun. It's fucked so up, you have dude. to mention the cool, uh, not Coolio, the LL Cool J. Uh, yeah. The parody. Is where it, he turns oh, into yeah. the shark. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bloodbath, what's oh. your honorable mention? Dude, I have so I have still have such a big list that I didn't even talk about, man. It's gonna be hard. Go to with your one. gut. Um all right. Uh down periscope. Anybody? Kelsey nope. Grammar. Yeah, <laughs> Grammar yep. movie, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, another I don't one, really man. Remember like, it, but yeah, you know. I've, it's I've funny. Seen it. Uh anytime I've ever seen it on like I th- on a streaming service or something like that, like I watch it. Like I mean I I feel like I watch uh, Rob Schneider's <laughs> in it. He's really funny Bilko. in it. <laughs> Rob, Rob um, Schneider's always funny. I don't care. Uh Harlan Williams is in it. He's really funny. Uh he is funny. Yeah. I don't know, man. Down Periscope. I think it, like just, nobody ever talks about that one. Kelsey like yeah, I think Kelsey Grammer is like really like fun like I don't really like Fraser all that much, but like I like but this he's is one of the so few good. movies he's and he's good in this, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't really like Fraser, but like I dude, I love like I think this is a funny I think he's funny in this he's way funnier in this than he is in Fraser to me. I'd have to rewatch it, man, because like I feel like I saw that when I was like really, really young. Um, really, all I remember is like the movie cover for it, but I remember seeing like pieces of it on like TBS and shit or whatever. All right, Sarah, what's your honorable oh, mention? Yeah. I have to say the tagline for Down Periscope. Oh, right, right. Uh, a rusty sub, a rebel commander, a renegade crew. When destiny called, 
they should have hung up. <laughs> that's that's the best one. That's, that's pretty gr- good. That's the best one. That's so good. That's pretty good. Okay, right, coming Sarah. in at 49.5%. When we got Disney Plus, this was the first movie we watched on it is Heavyweights. Um, oh, man. Nice. Heavyweights is so good. I also, I don't really find Ben Stiller that funny, but there are some movies that he makes me laugh in. This is funny. His parents play the camp owners. Um, all the kids in it are great. Paul Feig's in it. It's just, ugh, I want to be at that camp. And then when they take back the camp from uh, crazy-ass Ben Stiller, it's great. I just love it so much. I think Ben Stiller's awesome in that movie. No, I I agree. But he's somebody that I don't trust in movies. I'm like, is this actually going to be good? I don't know. It's a fair assessment. I have never seen that movie. Really? Oh, you like it, Bloodbath. Yeah, you'd like it, man. It's fun. It's really good, Yeah. 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 The tagline is, they don't run the fastest, they don't jump the highest, but they sure are getting the last laugh. See, this is the best ones are in threes, man. Everybody knows if you're if your movie tagline is two, like you fucked up. You fucked up heavy. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into listener responses for the bad movies that you guys like. Um, I'll get started with Kyla. Uh, and uh, before I read Kyla's list, I want to uh, remind everybody that if you send an incomplete list, um, you're giving me creative liberty to fill out your list. So Kyla's number three is <laughs> Flubber. Her number two is Flubber 2, Escape from Flubber Labs. And her number one is Flubber 3, Electric Flubaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Kyla is That's a Flubber like super a really, fan. Yeah, really great joke. But what I will say is I like Flubber. Solid. Yeah, Flubber's good. All right. So next we have uh, Heather. Her number three is First Sunday. Her number two is House Sitter. And her number one is Star Trek Nemesis. I don't think I've ever seen any of those movies. No, me either. I saw Star Trek Nemesis when I was caught on a plane. And uh, and I got to tell you, it, it was like a, a really bad movie. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's here. That's why we're talking about it. <laughs> yep. I wonder if she means house sitter. If she means house guest with Sinbad. No, she doesn't. I looked up house sitter. House it's a different movie. On, okay. I think. Yeah. Steve Martin. Next we have next we have Craig, uh, whose number three is Strange Wilderness. His number two is McGruber, and his number one is Dirty Work. Yeah, smart move. Also, I'll say Strange Wilderness is awesome. Uh, just shout outs to Steve Zahn. He's brilliant in a lot of things he does. So good. Steve Zahn's great. All right, we got Nick with Flubber. Too Fast, Too Furious, and his number one, Eight Crazy Nights. For the culture, he says. For the culture. Has everybody Flubber watched fans. Flubber? Yeah, I've never yeah, seen Yeah, that. Flubber was great. Yeah, I loved Robin Williams Flubber's growing funny. up. Yeah, right. I've seen bit, bits and pieces. I'm not into it, but it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Christopher, number three, Biodome. Number two, Chronicles of Riddick. And number one is Hot Rod, which I don't know if Hot Rod counts. Didn't we say that didn't count? Yeah, you Hot Rod's too good. 
Sorry, Christopher, Good. you're exiled Sorry, to Bad Responses Island. And um, your number say one hello is to House Mo for me. Your number one is House of a Thousand Corpses. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good rule. If, if we know for sure that you're not allowed, uh, or that if you picked a movie that's not allowed, we'll just replace it for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> biggest House of a Thousand Corpses fan there is. That's going to be every answer for every top three that we have to replace. <laughs> uh, next is Jennifer. Jennifer's number three is The Room. Number two, Manos, The Hands of Fate. And number one, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of any of these movies. They sound fucking terrible. So I've <laughs> seen The Room, but I've never heard of those other two. The Room is like widely regarded as like the worst movie ever. James Franco made that movie about the making of the movie. But the original I, movie is bad. I don't know how, how she's like, I like that movie. <laughs> okay, so Mo, lifelong nemesis. Uh, his number three is Major League Two, which is awesome. That was on my short list. His number two is Dirty Work. His number one, Saving Silverman. I'm like 90% sure I looked Ooh. at Saving Silverman. I'm like 90% sure. Saving Silverman counts. Damn, I am an idiot then. Solid job, Mo. Uh, Silverman's great. It's uh, Dave, come on. And then uh, his honorable mention is Surf Ninjas and every qualifying Nick Cage movie. Doesn't care what it is, as long as it qualifies, he is on board. Yep. All right, Mo, good job on Surf Ninjas. That is a longtime cult classic of mine. Oh, if you want to watch Left Behind, please report back your, uh, your <laughs> yeah, review right. of that movie. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chad sends in number three, Wild Wild West, making another appearance. Great movie. Number two, Maximum Overdrive. And number one, Next Friday, with an honorable mention of Grandma's Boy. Next Friday is very funny. It's so Grandma's Boy is the worst movie in the history of the world. That movie sucks. <laughs> you Dave, said movie no, 43. Dave. Shut up, man. Come on. <laughs> Give the man some slack. Next, next Friday is good. Next Friday is good. I love Next oh. Friday. Grandma's Boy is um, Adam Sandler's best contribution to mankind. The fact that you think that will convince Dave to change his mind is very funny to me. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Number three, Blue Streak. Number two, yep. Over the Top. Number one, Dirty nice. Work. And honorable mention, Hard to Kill. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Over the Top is for sure the best movie about arm wrestling that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Blue Streak's great, too. Another Martin Lawrence classic. Yeah, good call, Ryan. And Dirty Work, of course. Always. Good list. I'm naming Ryan the winner. Um, so thanks everybody. <laughs> thanks everybody for your responses. Um, again, if you want to participate in the listener top threes, keep your eyes out on our social medias. Um, that's at a top three podcast. I send out the request for top threes, usually on Thursdays in the U S. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, successful top three, everybody. I mean, well, we had, we had a little, uh, animosity sometimes as we do when we're talking about mcgruber and um that time sarah yelled at me (laughs) when aaron said that anna faris is a great actress (laughs) Uh, did did you ever see the house bunny come back to me after you do i do love the house bunny i do love the house bunny all right then stop yelling at me um (laughs) 
before we go, I want to thank Sarah for coming on the show. And um, for everybody listening, Sarah hosts a podcast called What Would Mom Do? So Sarah, how about you tell our listeners what goes on on your show? Yeah, so my friend Stacy and I, we take a movie that has uh, a mother or like mother figures in the movie. We watch it for that week and then we just rip it apart and uh, basically judge all the parents in that movie to see if they did a good job or not because we are apparently the ultimate um, parental <laughs> experts. Um, and then at the end of the movie, we or at the end of the show, we decide if they get to keep their mom card or not. We have stripped some away. Uh, sometimes we go on very weird tangents. Uh, a few weeks ago, <laughs> Stacy didn't know this, but I found out we were talking about Dick Van Dyke. He was in a movie or something so closely related to a movie. And uh, he and his current wife are 46 years apart. Um, oh, Jesus. So age, age ain't nothing but a number. That means he was 46 years old when his wife was born. Um, it still creeps me out. We bring it up every episode. But yeah, we have a lot of fun. I think we're filming tomorrow and we're doing Blank Check, which was a doozy to watch as an adult. Ooh. Oh, man. That kid had the best video game room ever. The best? Yeah. Sarah, I know, exactly what you're talk- I know exactly what you're talking about, too. That's oh, yeah. a good movie to do like a parental perspective on, too. Like, that's very funny. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I, it scarred me a little bit to watch it again because we hadn't, well, I hadn't watched it in a while. <laughs> oh so. my God, if my child got a hold of my credit card. Oh, Jesus. But yeah. yeah, they come out every Friday. And yeah, I also do, sometimes they do movie reviews on the Rat Hour with Rat Boy. So that's right. I do those every so often. But yeah, it's a fun time. Sarah, I really like your podcast, even though, um, let's see, I have, seen maybe one out of every 30 movies that you guys do but i enjoy listening to you guys talk about them um and the like the idea to approach it from like uh the mom's perspective is a cool idea i like it i took a picture of myself because we're going to do angels in the outfield eventually and i took a picture of myself crying and sent it to stacy at like 1105 this morning (laughs) get ready for this Oh boy. But yeah, we try to make sure that all the movies are streaming or easy to get. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any suggestions or if you like the podcast, review it, write it, send us some suggestions and we'll watch the movie and talk about it. It's fun. Sarah, have you done the water boy yet? We haven't. And let the me water tell you, is actually the best one. <laughs> That's the best one. That's the best. I've one. never seen the water boy. Oh shit. Oh my God. Oh, then, shit, Sarah. then if I, if you I can suggest in- a topic, I, uh, yeah, I would love to in. hear you guys talk about Kathy Bates and the water boy. Yeah. Oh my God. I would God, love to hear you talk love. about Adam Sandler's mom in that movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm oh, it shit. Now. Let me and Dave come on as special guests so we can just do the voice. Bloodbath. We are doing big daddies on our list. And I got a little offended on the Adam Sandler uh, episode when you said that big daddy didn't hold up. If let me tell you something, that movie made He's me so cry. pretentious, dude. That movie made me cry before I had a kid. And then when I watched it after Walter was born, oh my God, my the floodgates just opened and I wept so hard. That movie is heart-wrenching at the end. It is. I mean I mean, dude, oh. you know, if you ever if you ever want a uh, dad 
for a guess, for a perspective, or a commentary on something, just let me know. I mean, I can tell you okay. why I think. He's just aching to shit on that fucking movie. He is I just like, no. Beth got like half a boner <laughs> when you started talking about that. He's like, I'm ready. When we do, when we do Big Daddy, you're going to be our guest, so. Alright. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but Fellas, I love the podcast. I it is like such a joy. Sometimes I listen to it when it comes out Tuesday night, and I fall asleep to it. Um, I love it. It makes me happy. So, and it's always good to hear all of your voices. Yeah, it's great. It's great Thank to you. chat with you again, Sarah, and uh, good to talk movies with you. Always, friend. All right, well, guys, what do you say we button this up? Absolutely, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Always a pleasure I, talking to you. I wish we could do it more. Hear the review of this podcast from a yeah. top Pete. So. I'm sure uh, to be also, convoluted and unnecessary as always. Also, <laughs> also, Sarah, the idea of you falling asleep to the sweet, sweet, like dulcimer tones of Aaron uh, <laughs> <voice> yelling. <laughs> I was thinking, Alan. It's so I was funny like, to me. Alan, Alan talking put me to sleep too, Sarah. I get it. Of Aaron going, um, Mike Judge has created some of the best shows of my life that I love. I'm like, oh, Jesus, give me a rope. Thank God. All right. Clayton Kershaw. I love trash. you, buddy. I love, I love you, buddy. So much. I love you so much. All dude. right. So much. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.